Sorry, we are. I'm. I'm sorry. I was looking at Aaron Gladman's meme, "Homies Alone." Uh, <laughs> hey, how you guys doing? Welcome. I'm Lewis Dix, and I am Homie Alone. Dan and Green will be joining me in a minute. Uh, this expert, and that was cold. When somebody said, uh, "Get him to say despicable." Y'all were wrong for that. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I got a couple great, like a few great guests joining me. I mean, real guests, not just. The guests that we try to find, but real guests who are actually on TV and, and working. So I'm excited about that. I'm Lewis Dix, and as you can see, homies, the homies haven't gotten the car yet. Uh, I've reached out to him. Actually, I reached out to TDP. I haven't reached out to Jeff. I I, I just got to draw the line. I, I just got to draw the line. I either you know how your parents say you gonna need me before I need you. I I I, I mean, I, TDP's got enough talent for me to call him a few times. Jeff, uh, I'm on the fence. I almost called him. But, you know, if you're listening, Jeff, you know, come on through. Um, but, you know, we all got egos, so I understand. But, hey, today uh, I was uh, I, I was thinking about this past week about relationships. And I, I just, it made me think about, you know, people over 50 and how tough it is to find someone and, and everyone's got baggage, but it just seems like people over 50 got two or three luggage, the full luggage to bring. And it's just so difficult. I, I'm, I, meet a, I meet a lot of people who are just just not feeling relationships or not, you know, the young people, they don't, they're not even in relationships anymore. They just got people that they kick it with or that they hang out with. And then it's kind of like friends with benefits. And people over 50, they they not about, especially now... Because this show is in a man's world, we're going to try to help you women understand what some of the issues are and why you're alone. Okay? Because men can always go find, uh, you know, if they got enough cash, whatever, they can find somebody to be with, take them out to dinner. But you women, you're struggling right now. And a lot of it has to do with some of you guys' attitudes. You know, it's like you can't be over 50 with, you know, kids or whatever and then expect a man to, to, to look at you as if you're someone who doesn't have that baggage, you know, they, 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 and a lot of us, all of us bring baggage, but for some reason, you women just got too much where you want us, we can't fix, and, and, and that's been a little thing with, like, Will Smith and, and, and the whole thing about, you know, the, the, his truth, and, and people are bringing their truth to the party, and, and it's, it's, and I think that's where it starts, it starts with a foundation of your truth, and I believe it starts with how are you going to treat this person? And are you going to open yourself up to allowing them to, to love you and you love them? Because people who are over 50 understand when someone's trying to run game or not being consistent. or And that's I believe that's all anyone wants, male or female, is consistency. Let me know what I got. Let me know what I'm dealing with. And what are your... Uh, um, you can't come into a relationship borrowing money or, or needing stuff. And we all do, but at least get yourself together. So it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, and it's so tough, I believe, being a good man, it, because a lot of women aren't used to a good man, you know, and, and, and they, they look for you to, to hiccup. 
And I believe if you're a good man, you just have to stay consistent. You just have to keep showing her, hey, I, I love you. I care for you. You're important to me. And, and it's true. I've heard a lot of times women say, it's the little things. It's the little things that he does that makes me really love him. And I try to do the little things. I found a good partner. And that's interesting, too, because I was talking about, when I was talking to myself before the show, I'd go through these little soliloquies with myself. And then the producer, the boss lady, she looks at me as, why is he talking to himself? So I just go do that. And, 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 and I was going to say, my partner, because I feel like once you're over 50, to say boyfriend and girlfriend, it's kind of like, what? You know, so... And then when you say partner, then people look at you like you have to follow it up with she does this. And they're like, OK, he's with the he's talking about that kind of partner and not, you know, same sex partner. So my partner, you know, code three, I think we're in a good space. But you never really know because that's another thing that people over 50 are able to do. They're able to fake it, you know, but it's true what you you know, you can only fake it for so long. So I, I kind of think we we're, we're in a good space. Uh, hopefully it'll continue. But. Trust me, a lot of women are so prepared that, hey, I know if it didn't, Code 3 was still, as her phrase is, keep it moving. She ain't, she ain't got time for silliness and keep it. I mean, and, she, and I've learned a lot about her, and I've learned a lot about how, well, I, I've, I've accepted the right way to do it. Because you, you kind of know what you're supposed to do, but then you your ego, whatever, tells you, no, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going I'm to... I'm going to yell. And the person's like, hey, don't yell at me. Then you got to make a choice. Like, I'm either going to keep yelling to see how long they take it, or I'm going to keep, you know, coming in late, you know, for no reason. Because if you got a reason, that's fine. But if you just not coming in, because there's certain things that bother people, and you know that. And you're like, all right, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And and then communication is important for women. So today's show, I I wanted to know, and then this whole dating app thing is just crazy. I was reading that... um, this one uh, dating app is making so much money because people, I've never gone on a dating app. I'm old school. I feel like you meet the person, you talk to them. But I know a lot of people, especially women who go on dating apps. One, is it's, it's scary. It could be dangerous. And, but there's some people who find love. So, you know, our phone number is uh, 323-815-4204. It's right on the screen. There you go. 323-815-4204. And I want to know if you've gone on a dating app, if you've found real love. Uh, let us know. Um, there's some people who I know of, they say, because it's kind of like a weird whenever you say to someone, hey, how'd you meet? And they say, a dating app. Then you pause. Because you're like, and then they will come right away and tell you how great it's been. They will justify that dating app because they know it's kind of like, it generally doesn't happen that way. But there's a lot of, you know, and then all these shows, because <clears throat> Code 3, is, she watches all these shows about, you know, she doesn't watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, but definitely uh, love it. What is it? All the marriage show. Uh, marriage, married at first, married at first sight, looking for love, 90 Day Fiance, ready for love. And it's interesting. I don't like those shows until it's on. Like, I, I was like, I'm not going to watch it, but I'll be laying there. And sure enough, I'll turn over and start watching it and talking to her about it. And it's, I, it happens to all the shows that she watches. Never with me. If I'm watching sports, she's in the other room. I'm out. And then she'll say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'll watch it with you, but not really. And, and right on time is uh, Danny Green, who has an audition today. That's why he was running late. Sorry about that, man. No, that's all right. I had to go back right. to change. Huh? I had to go back to change. That's what you're going to, the audition is? Sports, sports thing. Oh, you so actually. I, yeah, because, you know, I told you I'm leaving town today. Okay, all right. And the queen, I wanted the queen too just walked in, strolled in. That's, that's the one I was telling you about that called last time. Oh, that's okay. Her. 
Cool. See how she walked in? Like, yeah, she's, like she was all of that. I don't know if she's well. She could be in the kitchen. Okay, no, cooking. she wasn't. She was outside. She was outside. Yeah, so because normally, see, look at it. She, how you doing? Oh, she was working out. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. You can tell she got her workout stuff. Mm -hmm. she's, what up, she's Dicks? Like, What's up? How you doing? Man, oh, you I bought, am You bought cream for your hair. Yeah, because I knew if I didn't, you were going to say something. No. So I brought it. No, I don't I don't trust you. So I went ahead and decided to bring the Noxzema cream with that, the Dove, the good stuff, so that your fan base can, you know, I don't know. We I mean, don't have a fan base. We yeah. just got people in the you chat You got people room. ignorant. But they were on you, though. They, they said. Oh, they'll be back. They said, <laughs> They said, have you say despicable. <laughs> despicable. I can say it. That's <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, so what's up, Lou? Much. How are you? How was your week? Bro, it's a great week. Really? I have to share this with you. Go ahead. Two days ago, as you know, I got the documentary, The Executioner. Right, right. It's a, it's so, a film you did right, about boxing. Right, that we're trying to you know continue to move it and push it and things like that. Well, two days ago, I got blessed to interview Bernard Hopkins. Ah. So it's uh it's gonna be very interesting for the public because as you know, a lot of people not a lot of people, but the guys within the gym, within my and myself, we felt like Bernard got the name from the executions, us. Right. Uh but it was very interesting to hear his side of the story. And I think uh it's gonna bring a big button. To the uh, to the dock, and I think it's also going to bring. I don't want to say closure, but it's just going to bring that element of that gym and what it was and things like that. He gave us he gave it a very good compliment, and um, so I'm going to add probably about five minutes of. I interviewed him for 45 minutes, mm -hmm. but I'm going to probably have about five minutes of it at the end of the dock. It'll be a whole new cut. Now, why why wouldn't you put more in there? Um, because the okay so. The documentary isn't about Bernard. It's about the gym. Fortunately and unfortunately, both of them have the same name. And they're from the same city. Mm -hmm. And we fought Bernard. So a lot of the guys from the gym feel that he had taken the name from our gym. So when I initially was getting ready to do the doc start the documentary, I had people that were actually saying that you should start it off, start it off about Bernard, right. about the gym, like the name. And I said, no, because I don't want people to think that this documentary is about him using the name. It's really about these guys that were great fighters. So that's one reason that at the end, Lou, I don't want to use 35. I'm going to use what's significant for the interview relating to the to the gym, but I won't use everything else. All right, well, let me ask you. If, if someone comes with a lot of money and says, listen, man, we, we like what you're doing, mm -hmm. but we... We feel it'd be better for us if we're going to invest that you give us twenty more minutes of Bernard within the flick. Would then we can do that. And... Yeah, but uh, yeah, because and Lou, you know, being in the business as long as you have, you'll get people for. We've always gotten, and if you're new in the industry or you haven't been in the industry a long time, I think you really need to hear this because you're going to hear this a lot, especially if you're a writer. You know, you're going to have a guy come up and go, "Man, Lou, I like the script. I really do, man. I think this shit is a, a, a big. This is a hit." But now. If you change just this part here, I think you'll do that. And they'll have you going back and changing stuff and changing stuff. So you got to get to that point in your life. You have to have enough, uh, I, I like to say now, the Dave Chappelle, and say, look, no, or if you're going to give me some money to make these changes, then I'm going to go ahead and make these changes. So All give right. me $5,000, option the script, give me 10000 let me know you're serious, and I'm going to go in and do what you want. So in terms of they say, well, we want more Bernard, 
like you just said, if they're willing to give me money, you know, to do it, then yeah. Because if not, I'm you know I'm paying for this editing. I had to pay for the shoot, all of that on my own. Mm. So you know. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So it was, it was a great yeah. week, man. It was a great yeah. week. Now you just got to get Floyd and everyone else. You man, you know, you know what's funny, man. You know what's funny, man, Lou. Um, first of all, a big shout out to Chris Spencer. Mm-hmm. Chris Spencer got me, um, Bernard Hopkins, and I, I, I have nicknamed. Uh, Chris Spencer, the new Black Godfather of Hollywood. Oh, he's a Pied Piper. Chris, Chris knows a lot of people, and yes. he and but the difference, Lou, is he's not scared to connect you. He's almost got a white attitude in some aspect, right? Which is, I'm not gonna lose whatever I got going on, right? And we don't have that, you know. So many people, man, so many of us could be larger than what we are. People say to me, "Man, you're talented, you whatever." Okay, you got a call? Yeah, yeah. This is a oh, okay. this is an interview coming up. That's, no, 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 no. Oh. This is a this is a guest who's been in the industry. Okay, uh, he was. I believe he was born in L.A. I'm not sure, but uh, I believe so. And, and I've read because I, I go on and Google these guys, and then I'm told that this is not true. Okay, so he can tell us. But so you're saying everything on Google isn't? Uh, I don't know, but they, they said <laughs> he was a dancer, comedian, radio host, and impressionist. Now, and he also in 2013 won the Black Comedy Award in the U.K. And the, the UK. best international comedian, yes. Why well, he had and, to go over there? Hey, I, listen, from, I'm 2000, just asking now, you, from you know? 2015 to 2019, he starred in the HBO series Ballers as Reggie. And um, he's currently co-starring in hit power book two, Raising Kane. He's a as terrible. Marvin Thomas. He's a, he, now, he's, he's a stand-up. I, I know him as a stand-up, and then, of course, as his acting. But I, there was one time I saw him in the car while he was on HBO yeah. writing jokes. And then coming and trying. So please welcome, guys. He's nice enough to, and I know he's only doing it because he feels like, okay, Lou might keep calling me. London Brown. He's probably doing it because of me. No, he's not. You he know knows me. Oh, you know London Brown? Hey, London. Man, what do you mean? I, I, mean I can say he's under my wing slightly for the comedy. I think I can I can at least say no, something man, like y'all, that. Y'all some, y'all some OGs for sure, man. I, I, got, I got a lot of respect for both <laughs> y'all already. That's why we, when, Louis, when you were giving the description, I like, uh, Danny don't know that he knows who he's about to introduce. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, man. We, that's my brother, man. My brothers. How are you, man? Good. What's how are you? What's up, London? Now, before I go okay, any further, okay. was all of that correct in the what I read? Um, yeah, I don't. I still don't consider myself an an impressionist because in impressions, I think you got to have like sixty some people that you that you really do. I just do the ones that I do that ain't my register, so I'm not even. I'm not even that really, you know. I think like the cast, like shout out to Jake Farrells and uh, Dean Edwards and so forth that really do that. I'm, I don't really, I just do a couple, you know. You what do I mean? the ones, hey, you do the ones that got you to the spot. <laughs> I just do the ones, I just do the ones I do, you know, right. what I mean? or the ones the people that I like. That's you know, Pauls, those are the ones I do. But now, how the, are you guys? Good. The We're name good. of the show is In a Man's World, but I want to say, man to man, you look good. You look really good and healthy and. Man, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get through my water and all of that, man. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep it, keep it together, man. That's that's the least I can try to do and be stress free. Right. Now you were born in L.A., right? Yeah, I'm born and raised there. And now you're in New York right now. I'm in New York right so now. That's where you guys film uh, Power too. Is that? Yeah, we're I'm on uh, Power Book Three, uh, Raising Canaan. So yeah, we shoot, uh, we shoot here in New York. How you like it? How you like New York? The it's energy. great artistically inspirational all the time. Like the you're energy, never, yes. Not you're never not inspired artistically. Um, I do feel like the city need a good scrub down. Like it just need to be washed. <laughs> like everything just need to be washed. Man, you know, but I don't mind. I mean, for, for what I do in photography and stuff like that, 
it's always some good stuff, man. So it's, it's good for me. Now, was there an adjustment you had to make coming from L.A. and, and New York, different like attitudes or what, what adjustments do you, did you have to make as far as who um, you were? the adjustments was, I mean, just understanding the culture a little bit, because usually I'm here a few times a year for work or something like that, fashion show and stuff like that. I come here. But the biggest thing was um, just understanding like people don't care. So I remember, because I'm a sneaker guy, so I remember just, you know, walking past people just saying, yo, man, some nice kicks. And then the first few times, I was like, okay, maybe they just didn't hear me. Right. So let me go back <laughs> to my, one other time I walked up once, I was like, yo, those, um, you, those shoes are nice. And he just kept walking. I said, okay, they don't you, care. No, okay, no, see, it. see, London, you don't understand. In LA, you can say, yo, those are some nice kicks. And people are like, oh, thank you. When you say those are nice kicks out east, the nigga about to rob you. So that's probably what they're thinking. Like when you go up and say, "Yo, those are nice kicks," like, "Yo, why is he saying okay. I got nice kicks on?" See, what I'm saying. I'll take that. Now yeah. that makes sense. I could, I, I could go with that. I mean, yeah, they, I, they, I, they know you there. But, but as I think about it, every time I've said it, I had a hoodie on because I was on my way to the gym. Yeah, the there gym. you go. <laughs> that might make sense. I had a hoodie on and we in a mask. Right. So. That might have something to do with it. Hey, I wanted to ask you, um, when you went through your casting process on Ballers and Power Book, did they know you were a comedian? No, uh, I don't think they knew. And if, uh, speaking of Chris Spencer, shout out to Chris Spencer. Chris Spencer was the one who called me about Ballers. Wow. Because they were trying to find, they were trying to find, I don't know, I, I, don't even, I still don't really quite know the process. But I know I got a call uh, from Chris and he was just like, yo, have you auditioned for Ballers? I was like, nah. He's like, well, they're looking for you. Can I send them your info? I was like, all right, bet. And I just went in and, and did it that way. So I don't, I, I don't know if they really knew at the time. I was, I, I think they kind of knew after they made a connection between Chris Spencer and said, yo, since Chris is a, a comedian, he probably would know if anybody's doing comedy. So I think kind of went about that way. Um, and I don't think they knew that I was a stand-up um, on Raising Canaan off top. I think they later found found out um, what was going on, but I don't think they knew off from, from Jump Street. Now, did you go into Ballers differently than you went into uh, Power Book? Was it a, did, did you have a different mindset? I'm sure you did, but what was it? <sighs> you know, the thing about well, the thing about when I was shooting Ballers, I wanted to be a part of Power. So that's why I had never even watched this. Obviously, this his show. I never watched it because I just wanted to be a part of it. So as far as my approach, the preparation is the same. Um, just wanted to be ready for the audition. But at the time when I, okay, so funny thing was for both these auditions, I didn't have an agent. So when I, when I booked, when I booked Ballers, I, I was agentless and I didn't even have a manager. And then after doing the first season of Ballers, then I had a chance to sit down and meet with everybody. I linked up with my manager, got my agent. After Ballers ended, my agents at the time just kind of hit me with the with the Hollywood energy, which was like, yo, London, hey, man, how's it going? I was like, man, everything is cool. I'll, right, 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 nice, nice, nice. Hey, listen, guy, we just feel like we're probably too big of an agency for you. you when you got to go somewhere. I said, oh, this is that talk. I said, oh, man, you could have just told me. It's all good. And we got off the phone. So I was agentless, but I had my manager. My manager says, in between, this was September of 2019 and December of 2019, my manager said, 
uh, don't worry. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll be fine. So I went off to go shoot two other projects uh, in between. Um, one of them, I think I did, I played Boosie Collins for like American Soul or something. And, and so shout out to Robbie Reed for that call. So I, I go do something and something else. And then my manager says, yo, there's an agent who wants to meet with you. He's familiar with your work. And he was a younger guy. And um, the first thing he sent me was an audition for, for Power Book 3. And I didn't know, I didn't actually know it was Power Book 3 until I was in the middle of shooting it. Because I thought that at the time, Power, the first one was, it was doing big promotion saying that the show, they were on the season finale. And you know, when you audition, sometimes they give you a fake title mm. uh, to protect the project. So I said, oh, maybe Power, maybe it's just a fake project or fake title for the project. But uh, when I went in, I just went in very focused. Now, not to be verbose, but the, to answer your question, to make a long story longer, the difference between the two was I had something to prove as far as to my agent. I wanted to make sure that if you're gonna give me this big audition, I'm gonna be very prepared and I wanted to book it. Um, but I wanted to book Ballers too, but it was just, the stakes were a little different. That's all. Stakes were high. Um, the, the stakes were a little higher because again, this was this was this first agent's um, submission for me, and this is my first time like really working with him. So when he said, "Yo, I got this TV series as a lead," I was like, "Okay, cool. Let me show him that I'm serious about my work." And he let me know he was serious about his work from the project that he submitted, and um, it worked out. And then I just uh, you know I had to move or whatnot. Well, yeah, good for you. Shout out. Oh, you had to actually move to New York. Yeah, I've been for a minute. You know, I still I still have a place in LA, but uh I'm you know, I'm, I live here now. now. I always wonder about that. Okay, so you you're in New York. Is someone house sitting for you in LA? No, no. Um well, yes, in the sense that they would check my check my bills and stuff like that. But I don't like people staying in my place cuz I don't like, <laughs> I, don't like other, I don't like other people's energy in my stuff because okay. I'm really idiosyncratic about that kind of thing. Like when I let people in my place, you know, cause I cut hair too. So when I would cut hair in LA and the dude come in, he'd be like, man, my girlfriend, I caught us dude with this other dude. Hold on, hold on. Step back outside. Or if I let him in, I say, man, why don't you have a drink or something? I got to calm you down because them vibes will throw your whole, cause sometimes people, sometimes you'll hang out with somebody or they come over, they get riding in your car, whatever it is. And you look up. And an hour later, you're like, why am I mad? Why am I frustrated? Where's this anxiety coming from? We're not making, we're not making note of who's been in our atmosphere. So I'd be, I'd be big on that, man. Sometimes when people and they're not in the right mind and spirit, I'd be like, I got to fall back. But this is to say with my place, I didn't want nobody just hanging out. You know, I don't smoke. I don't mind my friends who smoke, but I don't like people smoking in my place. It, my, my furniture started to smell like them. They leave their prints and imprints. I got homies who don't wash their hands. All this kind of stuff. Got it. Now, what about, you know, does that apply to women also, the energy thing? Oh, even even more so with women because the connection is, is more intimate. So, you know, I, I really, you got to really be careful. I, I've cut women. If a woman, if I feel like a woman is bringing me some sort of stress and and I don't even mean like, you know, like regular, just like, if a woman was mad because she wanted to go to this dinery and I wanted to go someplace else, 
I'm talking about like if she's coming in with already, like some women like to fight. Some women like they like confrontation. They like that the whole thing. And I'd be off that. I falls back immediately. Now how I do you take? Excuse me, you cutting you off. Take me through the scenario. A woman comes in. She's talking trash. How do you squash it? How do you say, all right, not right now, not here. Just like that, I'm like, yo, you got to chill. I mean, but what about? We ain't doing none of that. I keep it right there. And she and, and, and if she can't listen within that, then something wrong. But I'm not finna be yelling at no woman because I'm just, I'm just, boom, I just shut it down. Direct. Yeah. I don't go for none of that. No no kind of like, she, we not finna be back and forth. We not finna. And if, and if she doesn't want to listen, cool. I'm like, yo. Well, it, you, it, you, it ain't real, it's, would you say, like, I'm at that point now. It's funny. You f- Found no, out. no, you're not at his point. You're, you're. He's young and strong. And this and, is the point I'm work. trying to, I'm trying okay. to make. All right. You're if you don't mind, Mister, I'm just saying you're over fifty. We got to talk. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you, if you don't mind me your, saying, your what, women are coming in with different energy than his. No, women. but what I was about to say before I was really interrupted by my Philadelphian brother, uh, I wish I had had that attitude right when I was younger, because I fought for stuff that was energy not needed. I mean, think about. You know, London's probably in his 30s, and it's to the point where he's able to say, now, man, you, you know what? I'm gone. And, and a lot of dudes that age can do that, too. But when I was that age, I was like, man, trying to fight for shit. You know, like, come on, babe, you know what? And, and I look back now, and I'm like, man, I wasted 15 years. If I could say in the years I've been in L.A., 15 of them were wasted trying to fight for something. And now I can say where he is right now, that's where I'm at. Like, literally, Lou, if the energy ain't right, if I don't dig it, I can, I can roll. You right. show me, You show me one inkling of... It might be an issue. I'm gone. Well, what's wrong with you? You act like you've been hurt before. Look, I, I, ain't, I, I ain't trying to go through this. I feel you on that, but can we get back to... No, but I was trying. I was relating it to him I, until you I, took it off, yeah, off should, the track. I know, but I want to get back London, to... London, I apologize yeah, for I want to get back to no, someone no, that's on too, to what too you're short. saying, I understand what you're, where you are with this because... But I'm only, I've only been able to kind of get to this place for a few reasons. One, because I've always hung out with... OG such as yourself. Right. And so I was always, I've had guys tell me like, nah, that ain't, that ain't it. Like, you know, and, and then, and not to be funny, but at this particular point, you know, I just, you know, I got, I got a lot of stuff going on. So I just don't need any kind of anybody's energy throwing, throwing off what's going on. But again, I spoke to a lot of OGs growing up and they told me like London, I just realized that I'd rather be, I like being collected and, and and the best way to look in control is to stay calm, even when it's not necessarily, it's just, but again, if a woman can't really listen to what I'm trying to tell her within this tone, mm-hmm. we already got a problem. I'm like, I'm not finished. I don't feel like that because now that energy just affects everything. So I'll be like, man, and you look up and look, it's like, and every guy has done this. Which is sometimes, is guys, we will sleep with a woman, and you and you look up, and sometimes you don't even finish, and you or if you even if you do, you be like, man, I just wasted that for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true though, I man. I don't when I, when it comes to you know or not now because I ain't in these streets, but as an adult or not, I don't even if I don't want to if I don't want to finish with it, I don't. If I don't want to sleep with it, and I don't care if we go to dinner, we go out. I just don't do it. I just don't. I, I feel like I take my 
I like the power that I have and be like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to. If you act, if you get out of line, then nah, I'm not. That's hey, nice. let, me, let, let me ask you one more question. Oh, sure. Are you able to um, decipher now between a woman that really wants to be with you or wants to be with you because of where you're at? Like in comedy, we, we've dealt with that. So, And you've dealt with that in comedy. But now that you're really in pretty much a movie star, a television star, are you able to tell which woman is there for you or like she's just digging me because you know who I am? I'm Marvin Thomas. I'm Marvin Thomas. Well, like I said, I'm not in these streets right now, but I will say this. Just in general, with women's energy, if a woman start off by saying something like, so like she'll, she'll, I'll, get a, I'll get a DM or inbox and a woman to say, hey, I really like your work. Uh, I really like your work as an actor, right? And then if I respond and she says something like, Oh, I just, I, oh, I'm, I'm so surprised. I, I never thought a celebrity would respond. If she come at me that way, then is I just fall all the way back because already she has placed me in some esoteric place of stardom somewhere. And I'm like, man, don't, don't see me like that. That's always disappointing when they try to make me seem like that. But I have to realize that people's perception of me is changing and, and has changed. So I still be trying to do regular stuff and I have to realize because my friends were mine, they'd be like, yo, people look, they looking at you differently, you know, or, or women do or whatever the case is. So if they say anything like that, you know, I fall, you know, I just fall all the way back. But there is a difference and you have to, I think you should embrace that in some aspects because there is a difference. I mean, on the comedy scene, when you're out there and you're making people laugh, you have touched them in a certain way. But and they're not maybe used to having a man or if you know a woman, whatever the situation may be, feel like, oh man, they're communicating on my level. So when you when she said that, I'm not speaking for her, I can't think for her, but she's right. probably saying, like, oh, Staps, like he is he is down to earth. He he hit me back. You know, it might be that situation. Now if it's it is. Right, right, right. But if it's that situation so, at the end where it's like, oh, by the way, you know, what are you doing tomorrow night? Then you like, hold up. <laughs> I understand, you know? Right now, look, like you said, but that's why I communicate because I do feel very regular. I just, you know, and, and, and both y'all have done TV and everything like that. So it's really just a matter of our job or even when we, when we do stand-up, right. the job is public, you know what I mean? But we really are some, I'm just a really regular guy. But yeah, I just don't quiet, yeah. when they speak. You know, people think because I work with Dwayne Johnson of 50 Cent, that I make their money. And I'm like, I'm not that dude. I'm just, I'm just a working artist. You know, I'm not, I'm not in the Hamptons or, you know, I still got a lot of work to do, but I get it. So that's why, that's why I'm not in these streets, man. I, I chill, I'm, I'm all, I'm good. I, I know you, I've, I've followed you a little bit. And, and so that DM stuff is really real, huh? The whole thing where you, that's how you young people link up. That's your apps. That's how people, that is how people, that is how people connect. People go. I mean, it just depends on what level you trying to, what level you trying to connect on. But people do use it. It's the new. Instead of ask, asking a woman for a phone number, you just go to the gram. It's, it's, and then also, what the gram provides is a small buffer between people getting too close. In the sense of, as opposed to calling my phone, you can you can let them exist in the social media world. And then at any point when you want to cut them off. If she's not crazy, you can just block them or you can dismiss them or unfriend them or so forth. Now, some people crazy. They want to go past that. And that's a, that's a whole other level, you yeah. know, but that's what I don't have time for. When I start seeing signs of crazy, like if I, let's just say, if I talk to a woman 
and she don't blink. I got, I got, I got, I want to ask you. Uh, we're gonna let you get out of here. I know you're busy. Um, in your um, in your show, Power Book, um, your character Marvin, and you have a brother Lulu, right? If I'm correct. Yes, and you guys have a don't have the best relationship. I, I know it was a scene where you got into a fight, and y'all were yeah. going at each other, calling, talking about each other's hygiene, and then eventually you saved him from explosion in his house. Now, right. knowing knowing somewhat about you, um, you, you your brother passed. Um, yeah, uh, peace to your heart on that. And does that play into your relationship with? And how you, uh, um, how do you, when you approach that character? Um, <clears throat> yes, in the sense that, what? Okay, like people think when they think of us, uh, when they think of people losing someone like that, because my brother was gunned down, so it wasn't even like an accident or it wasn't like cancer, and those things are fatal too. But this, his life was taken, and so when those things happen, it causes you. Um, one of the positives is that it puts things in perspective and you recognize that time is precious. So when I lost my brother and everybody's at the service and all these positive ideas of feedback for him, it just made me realize, like, how do I want to be remembered? So it caused me to be a lot kinder, a lot more empathetic and a lot more passionate about everything and, and most things. Um, so as far as the show, it wasn't even hard or I wasn't like I had to pull from my brother's experience for to deal with the character of Marvin and his whole situation. The script is, the writers are really good. So I just was able to be present. But the ins the jokes that I get on social media is that because in the show, I go through about four cars. Um, two of them I wreck. So people are just like, man, Marvin and crashed his car. Man, he's such a bad driver. I wonder how much his going to be, right? Now, there's a couple of layers to that. The surface layer is Marvin is a is a solid alpha male street dude. He's not doing no paperwork at the DMV. So he's a gangster. He's not, the car ain't even legal. It ain't even in his name. He just swapped the cards out every couple months and keep it moving. So there's no such thing as no insurance. The second thing is the reason that Marvin even got into a car accident both times was because of the loyalty that he had for his family. The first time his nephew was about to get jacked, about to get robbed. So Marvin was just like, he didn't know what was going on. He just knew he had to interrupt the situation. If that meant killing somebody, running into somebody, wrecking his car, killing himself, it didn't matter. That was his nephew. That's the loyalty. The loyalty. The other one was when Marvin went, uh, when he went to save his brother out the burning house, Marvin was being shot at. So that was another reason why he wrecked his car, but he didn't care if he was going to get shot or not. All he knew was that he had to interrupt, again, interrupt the situation, go save his brother. So when it comes to my brother and connecting that to the show, the loyalty that I that London has with his family is the same loyalty that Marvin has for his. So it's not hard to play the dynamics of a family because I share those same ideas with, with mine. Um, and that's how those two ideas kind of connected. It's just making sure like the love and the loyalty, like the show really is like a family. It's a family driven show. It's about a family growing up and trying to make things happen and, and 
the conflicts they go through along the way. But love and loyalty is what drives uh, the family of uh, raising Canaan. That's great. I, um, I was wondering, um, we were talking about uh, our theme is about what a man should know by the age of 21. What are some of the things you feel a man should know by the age of 21, how to do or things he should know? Uh, he should realize in the, in the back of his mind, he should always, unless he says, you're my girlfriend, she says, you're my boyfriend, and they are in a committed, solid relationship, don't ever think you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Don't think, <laughs> oh, I don't care, okay, what you got going on. Don't, some guys think, cause I, used to, I know, because I, know, I used to think like this when I was younger. That's why now, at this point, people go to my Instagram, they be like, man, how you be knowing all this stuff? It, now, and not to be funny, but if if the guy's unattractive in his high school years, if the guy if a guy's unattractive in his high school years, he ain't gonna really figure out the game until maybe you know, well, well, well after in life mm-hmm. when he start getting women. But if you start getting if you start attracting the energy of women early on, you start going through things early on. So my point is that as a guy. Our ego makes us feel like we're the only ones. So, you know, a, a, a guy may go, y'all know because y'all tour on the road, guys may go on a, on a tour, a guy may go off to college, play basketball, think his girl waiting on him. I'm like, listen, bro, especially and especially today, mm. the game has changed. Yeah, Women are not true. sitting at home just twiddling their thumbs. They're not just, you know, on just looking at social media and then just w- w- watching, um, you know, watching Martin. Women are active. They out here. They aggressive. What's good? They out they, they way more in these streets. So I would tell the dude, one, you're not the only one. So prepare yourself mentally for that. The next thing is, uh, I would tell him to always slow down and process whatever it is. If if she says if you did something wrong before you go off, slow down the process and see if you did something wrong. Um, it, 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 within life, within anything, just slow down and process. Sometimes guys are so emotional that they that they miss it and I, I think that's i think a lot of that contributes to lame behavior that's why i see guys right the girl will do something they don't like or she break up he find out something let me put it this way let me some kind of encapsulate it this way a lot of guys are picking up what i think is like beta male behavior or these soft behaviors like they be art. They'll you know they'll do things like the girl do something wrong to them. They go on social media. Yeah. Oh uh, they'll go on social media, right? And then they'll blast the girl and, and put out the, put out the information about her. I'd be like, yo, don't don't get messy. Those are a lot of feminine traits. Like a lot of women will get catty. I'm like, dude, we can't be doing all of that. Just slow down and then go back the to her. Say, yeah, <laughs> That's it, the bad thing. I just, and go and go back to her and accept all that drama. Yep. When, as, as we get older, we recognize that we recognize the same thing that Ice Cube felt that Snoop and Jay realized when it was over there, uh, when it was signed in the record labels. Peace of mind is over everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not worth. It's just not worth the situation. Even if a girl, if a woman's like, you know, if a woman's not interested, you know, because guys do that. They buy a woman a drink, and then after they buy the woman a drink, she walk off and they mad. I'm like, nah, don't don't be mad. Just it's cool. Just go find somebody else. Mm-hmm. But you got to be a real secure guy to do that. 
And so I would always advise somebody, if you're a young dude, you didn't grow up with a father, that's okay. Life happens, you might be in jail, might be dead, whatever the case is. Find a solid OG to get some game from. So you don't be out here looking like these goofies. I mean, find somebody that's 45 and up that really been through the game, that been with women and, you know, secure dudes to really soak up the game from. Because if not, you're going to be one of these dudes out here in jail because you don't punch the girl because she was looking at another dude and you get reckless. So... Yeah, it's a lot of dummies in jail. Hey, listen, before I let you go, I, I just wanted to first thank you for taking the time. Appreciate no, it. No, my pleasure, man. And, I had to take I had to take the call. And I, and I wanted you to say, um, if you could, before you go, your, your brother's full name. Your brother. Wendell Deshaun Lee. Say it again. We, we didn't. Wen- Wendell Deshaun Lee. Much respect to you and him. Thank you, London. Have a great day. Thank you, man. Peace. All right. Peace All right, London, be up, baby. <clears throat> of course, brother. That was nice. Always been a class cat. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, he's been a solid dude. Right now, is this uh, my man on the phone? Uh, my man, uh, I'm going to introduce him. He was, bo- I believe he was born in Kansas. This is so cool when cats just actually call on time. He now lives in L.A. You've seen him on Byron Allen's Comics Unleashed, Comedy TV, Showtime, The Men of Laughing Matters. And he's a fitness guru. Please welcome comedian Andre Kelly. I don't know if you know him. Oh, Kelly, I know Kelly. What's up, Andre? He's on the phone. Oh, my fo- what's up, Andre? Can we hear you? I, I, I can hear you guys. Who's yeah. who, who, who there? Oh, that's that's uh, Dan and Green. Oh, Dan, of course I know Dan and his crazy posts on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, baby boy? You good? How are you? How you doing, sir? I am well. How are you guys? Good. good. We're going we're gonna to put your picture up so people can see you, so they can see why you're... Um, first of all, thanks for calling. We just got off the phone with, I mean, a Zoom with London Brown. That's who we were talking with. And oh, I, yeah, I knew his voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, how are you? I am wonderful. I'm, I'm sitting here in day job. So, uh, excuse me if you hear anybody <laughs> coming to my face. That's cool. We're looking at a picture of you now in the blue shirt. Looks like you're on some kind of thing with your arms showing your, your triceps. Yeah, he always, that's, he always oh, does. Now that. we've seen a picture of you with 100 on the shirt and you're flexing. And that's just hamburgers and milkshakes and stuff like that. <laughs> well, well you, you look great. I, I, first of all, I want to start off with the question we always start off. How did you get into comedy? Oh, God. I go way back. Like you guys. Uh, I started in the 80s. They were in a comedy boom. Mm-hmm. Back in the Midwest in Kansas City, Stanford and Sons, Punchline. Uh, what's that place? Uh, yeah, we're here. Yeah, I was a, I was a club kid in the Midwest back with uh, Eddie Griffith and that group back in like '87. Oh, so you were there with Eddie and all that, and 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 how was that scene? You was you Eddie and all the other comics in the Midwest? Was it? It was very different. Yeah. In what very way? Very different. Pre Def Jam. Okay, so that means everyone had an act. You, you, uh, <laughs> well, you had to. It was pretty much a mostly white community. So you had to do things a certain way according to their standards. And that's one of the reasons Eddie had to get up and go to come and start his career in L.A. early. I managed to eke it out and stay for a few years until I moved to Chicago where I met everyone else in the early 90s. Okay, so you were you 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 uh, migrated to, to Chicago. And that's what I guess that was around the time that Craig Robinson and other different people were doing stand up. Right. Bernie. Bernie. Everyone start their careers from open mic to where they are now. That's so, one of the most exciting things in my life. So was that Dion Cold also? Who were some Dion of the ones? Dion Cold, uh, Shay Shea, 
Godfrey, mm. Craig Robinson, uh, all of those guys. They literally started in the early 90s. Corey Holcomb. Yeah. Uh, they were funny then. They're funnier now. Uh, even D. Ray Davis. I can't believe all those guys literally came out of the same graduating class. Wow. Now, what did you got? Was it a, a click? Were you all friends or, or did was it? How did that work? The Improv, the Funny Firm, down in the Chicago Loop, and then a lot of them started at All Jokes Aside and other area clubs. So but did you did like, you ever venture? And, and full disclosure, we know each other well, so I kind of know some of the answers to these questions. But I want the the, the seventeen listeners we have to to, to hear it, the answers. <laughs> but you um you start you did you do any of the black rooms? How was that, or did you stay in your lane, or have what was some experiences? Okay. Hey, hey, do me a favor, Andre. Can we can we hang up and have you call back so, so the connection can be better? Is that possible? Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no problem. All right. So hang up and then call back and we'll we'll put him back because we couldn't really hear him. Mm-hmm. That's what our producer said. That's what she said. I, I, mean, I heard him clearly. I heard, but she's. she's but if she can't hear him, then yeah, and she's the, the boss. You know, maybe people in the chat room. Hello to people in the chat room. Yeah. Hello to y'all. Yeah, y'all, y'all. Uh, you. Well, we know you guys haven't really said anything too hard because the boss lady hasn't fall, fall, fallen back yet laughing. Well, well, I appreciate to be the jokes of all the jokes. She, she was, uh, and, and I love Andre Kelly. He's a great guy. I've known him for a while. So yeah, you've known him for, Oh, yeah, I know Andre very well. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just nice. He's yeah. just consistent. Good guy. And London Brown was consistent. Solid. How, how thoughtful and... Solid. I mean, he's like, all, but he's always been like that. He's been a solid dude, young boy. The so. whole energy. I yeah. guess if we, yeah, it's a lot of people that, if I went with the energy thing, I would not have known. Yeah, I, well, I've you know how you know how sometimes Lou is certain people that on the comedy scene you don't have to be around them all the time, but when you see him, y'all got a connection. Like right. he's solid right. and he respects you. That's that's just how London is. Yeah, he he's always been. I mean, I've seen him grinding. Yeah, like he was sitting in the car working on his jokes before he came into yeah. the comedy union. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one day we're gonna have to get Enz Mitchell to. to, to I think talk. we really should. I mean, yeah, Enz's he, he gave he gave a lot of people a lot of opportunities. Yeah, you know, yeah. when we did, you know, obviously Michael Williams is somebody that I think that you know. Oh I don't yeah, know if maybe you've we should Mike. have the probably Mike first. Maybe she have all three of them come up with one day. That'd be, and, and that'd get be their great to have. Him. Yeah, that'd be um, Mike. I would go Mike. Uh, Ends and J. Anthony Brown. Okay. All right. Hey, Andre, you back? Hello? Okay. Andre's yeah. not back. No, she's not back. She just wanted to say, have us say the word try again. She's wrong with her, bro. Uh, you better leave her alone. <laughs> we, we, this is our third show back. Oh, yeah, okay. Trying to get, trying you know, to and I spoke to... Um, TDP. TDP, you tell and, me I missed him? What'd you and say? Jeff, and they, I haven't spoken to Jeff, but TDP hasn't, you know, he's still. What's they mad at you, man? What did you do? I, you know how it is, man. Comics, you know, they both mad at me. They both. It's so, all right. So what, what What? month will I be mad? What no, week, you, what day? you Philly. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. TDP from LA, Jeff from Chicago. Yeah. Hey, Andre, you good? Yeah, okay. we heard you fine. Okay, that's better. That's yeah. better. Hey, thank you for uh, calling back in. So we were discussing, um, and if you just joined us, this is Andre Kelly, a uh, comedian, uh, born in Kansas, now in L.A., and we were talking about him migrating to Chicago and all the comics that he... Now, you said that you, you went, to, all jokes aside, was that the first black club you played? Um, actually, it was. Um, there were a number of one-night 
uh, one night clubs all over the South Side and uh, Midtown Chicago. But all jokes was the standard, the gold bar, uh, and, and definitely an A list room. And that's where we all got to know and work with everybody from Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, uh, Monique, uh, Adele Givens. Def Jam used to hold their auditions there and scoop up talent. It was a major, major ground, but not just because of who they showcased, but how they uh, uh, put up and nurtured young talent, literally from open mic levels onward, because they would push us and motivate us, give us notes. They literally made us better. And there's a really... uh, great documentary about the, the rise and fall of the club called Funny Business, and it originally aired on Showtime. You probably can catch it on streaming. And I mean, the full story is in there, but they did a whole lot more with the comics than I even had an, an idea, and and I worked there. But they literally were supporting young comics from day one and making sure that they got better so that when they left to go east or west coast, they were a reflection of both the club and the teachings and uh, of the city of Chicago. And that's why you see so many strong acts who literally came from that time period under the tutelage of Mary Lindsay, shout out to her, and of course Raymond Lambert, shout out to him. They genuinely cared about young performers and made us better. Now, who who stood out Absolutely. to you from day one that you like, okay, this is fire, he's fire. Who he's some of he's going to make it. It's so weird because I, I think for the most part, we all had the same general consensus that Godfrey... Uh, he he was a, he was a young kid, uh, good looking, smart, educated, and just went up on stage and would just destroy all the time. Uh, but Dion always did this slow, laconic, like talk shit thing that he did, pull the notes out. He was always Dion, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, everybody was always strong. Craig was doing what he did. He was literally a music teacher, which I did not know at the time. But mm. he was doing it to meet girls, you know. Hilarious. Uh, but the, Everyone was good. I mean, they all, I mean, Corey, Corey Holcomb, no filter then. He's just, he was just insane. So he they started off with no filter like he is now. He's never, like, he could say, he could get away, he could mug an audience into loving him instantly. Just insanely talented. Every single, I watched two Def Jam auditions. I remember one night, uh, they had like a seven o'clock show and a nine o'clock show. All the comics did like five, ten minutes apiece. Every single person destroyed there wasn't a weak link in that. That's how Chicago was. You either had to bring it or, or just sit down. It was an amazing time to be a young performer back in the 90s. Now, so, but okay, now, Bernie Mac, did you see him? Yeah, Bernie had a nice little lounge room uh, uh, in the Chicago Loop. I performed with him, too. He was a, a very, very strong proponent of young performers, yeah. Hmm. Was was Bernie yeah, was, was Bernie's time. was Bernie's spot? Did he have a place called the Cotton Club where he was like it was music and comedy? Was that the spot? I I heard he worked. I I forgot the name of his club, but he did have a really tiny spot in the Chicago area, right? Uh, north of all jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the name of it though. Okay, but he was everywhere too. He he worked for years. He and his wife holding him down. He now, how, how long guy. did you were you in Chicago before you made your way to L.A.? I did in Chicago for about seven years, ninety three to two thousand. What what made you come to L.A.? Just to stand up. Well, at some point, I I decided, you know, uh, I was talking to HBO at the time, and they told me flat out back then, they said, you're going to have to make a choice, East or West Coast. And I decided that since I had worked with everybody, and they all more or less ended up in Los Angeles, that would be my best bet. Plus, I had a uh, place to stay out here and uh, with some friends from the Midwest. So it just seemed like the natural choice to go this way, and and probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to ask you, because I ask a lot of comics this, um, who makes you laugh, and, and who would you pay to see? 
That's a very good question because to this day, 30-something years later, I still go to shows all the time and still love it, still laugh, and still uh, I feel like it's the first time. I'm, still, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle, obviously. Uh, we all are. Huge fan of Chris Rock. Uh, a lot of my uh, female mentors are no longer here, but I, I got a chance to hang out with Joan Rivers uh, when she did a screening of her uh, documentary, A Piece of Work, a few years ago back at Arclight. She was one of my favorites. How was that conversation uh, with her? Oh, she's she's you know she's an old school workhorse. I mean, when you when you get around somebody like that, she worked like she was hungry till the day she died, literally. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, but all my earliest idols were monologists like Jerry Seinfeld, Elaine Boozler, you know, the kind of folks that were on Carson routinely, and whose careers were made overnight. Roseanne before she went crazy. Mm-hmm. I got to meet her at a benefit at the uh, Wilton Theater a few years ago. Uh, folks like that who had solid, full personas and, and brands and, and sets that you could learn from every single time. Yeah, those are, yeah. Uh, Chris, I mean, Bill Hicks was one of my demigods uh, to this very day. Uh, he, he passed early in his career from cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to work with him a number of times uh, as an MC. And you just, the kind of performers you just can never get sick of watching, uh, Dave and, 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 him and guys like that. Absolutely. Well, to this day, I'm still amazed by him. And, 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 and you spoke of Dave Chappelle. I wanted to ask you, what, what subject um, that you will not touch as far as your stand-up? Is <laughs> Here there... we go. Here no, we no, go. no, no. That's just the only question I'm asking. It's just that question. <laughs> just, because he talks about certain things that people are like. I just want to know from you, comedy-wise, what subject you wouldn't touch. Because I know certain things I, won't, I don't want to joke about. Here's the deal. Um... I'm a writer, first and foremost. I majored in journalism. I believe and love and worship the written, spoken, and broadcast word. I don't believe in any subject that cannot be broached from a humorous vein, be it the Holocaust, cancer jokes, whatever. It's about the, the person handling it and the intent and the content and the relevance in which, in which it's directed. That said, uh, there are no uh, subjects to me that are off limits as far as from an appreciation point of view. Now, as far as my particular skill set and where I'm at as a performer, Mm -hmm. I don't have that, you know, ability to do just about everything. But I do believe in the fact that anything is fair game. I truly, honestly believe that. It's about about intent and and, and, uh, delivery. That is my personal view. I feel the same. My my thing, and I don't know about you, Lou and and Andre, but kind of on the line with what you're saying, my whole thing is, is about this when it comes to subject matter. If I don't, know about it, understand it, then I won't touch it. So a lot of yeah. things that, for instance, when I first came to L.A., I did not know a lot about the Jewish community. So when I came here, I was dating this young lady, and I, with the Jewish guys had the yarmulkes on top of their head. So mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I'm going to make a joke up about that. You know what I mean? And she pretty much said, she was from England, white woman. She said, you know, um, I wouldn't really go there right now. You know what I mean? She said, I wouldn't talk about that. Absolutely. And I was thinking to myself, you know, religion and, and or or people, unless you really understand it, then you shouldn't. Because I have a Jewish friend who was a was a female, and she would give me information like words to say. Like if you say this on stage, you'll get a laugh. But then I kept telling her like, I could I couldn't pronounce half of you know what I mean. Like I I didn't want to mess it up and say it wrong. Exactly. So I right. So I believe that. Um, I really truly believe that, and I agree with you. I don't believe anything is off limit. I believe the the, the presentation of it is what. You know, because, you know, Lou, anybody's going to be offended. I used to be very, very self-conscious about my speech 
and my lips when I was young, and even when I got older, and to the point when I said, you know what, I have to, I have to jump in front of it, make jokes about it, so I can become comfortable. So I believe that anything is on limit as long as you know what you you know talk about. That's a good. I I, I loved your answer, Andre. I, I thought that was a perfect answer. I want our theme today is we're talking about uh, things that uh, men should know by the age of twenty one. Now, what are some of the oh. things that you think a man should know by the age of twenty one? This is one of my favorite subjects because, as you know, I'm a man of a certain age. And uh, I tend to work out and, and hang out and party with guys a little younger than me, I would say, as far as L.A. goes. So I'm always amazed by the mindsets of the guys in their 20s and their 30s about the things that I just assume and think that they should and already know. And they open their mouths, and I'm just dumbfounded. Like, <laughs> dude, really seriously? So uh, my, I, have, I have three things, and they all start with the letter C. Here's uh, the three things that I think uh, men of a certain age should know by their 20s. Number one, uh, learn how to cook. It's mm-hmm. really not a big deal. Uh, and some of the best cooks in the world, as you already know, are men, okay? And I'm not talking about, you know, oatmeal or, you know, frying a fucking egg. You get on <laughs> the phone with your friends. Get on the phone with your friends and, and, and older family members, your mom and your dad. It's a bonding thing. My dad and I talk about sports. We talk about uh, cooking. We talk about uh, political things. To this day, and we pass the recipes on that are handed down from generations, learn how to cook. And by the way, if it matters to you, women love a dude who knows how to cook. Mm. Basically, it's like the most simplest thing about taking care of yourself. You shouldn't rely on a woman or a Uber or, or grub up to fucking get a meal. Learn how to fucking cook. It's not a big deal. Be self-sufficient. Number two, uh, consideration for others. It's a really old-school tenet, but it's as basic as opening a door for a young lady. You don't open the door because she's a woman. You open the door because you are a gentleman. Always have consideration for other people. I don't say, say please, say thank you. Uh, use people's titles. It's just simply treat the other people how you want to be treated. It's a very, very old-school concept. And finally, and the most important thing, especially for young men of color uh, at, at any stage in life, I'm going to use the C word here. It's called condoms. You guys, and this shit you're doing with these women, you don't know these girls. Y'all are nasty. Stop it. I did not my see that coming. My condoms came from my mother. Use the condoms. Bring them back. You can be a hoe. You can be the biggest hoe you want. Go out there, get your experience, have fun, learn, but protect yourself. Right. So many celebrity scandals right now could be completely avoided with that C word. Condoms. Bring them back, y'all. Bring them back. And a lot of money could have been saved. Hey, thank. Hey, listen. Before I let you go, I wanted to. uh, If you can give us a a social media where they can contact you and and, and see you. I am the only guy who's still not on Instagram yet. That is coming. My lawyer is on my ass, but you can still find me on Facebook. Andre Kelly, A N D R E, K E L L E Y, and uh, you can catch me. uh, Catch me on a. Gosh, I got a series of commercials coming out with Cardi B uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, look for those online and on ABC when she hosts the American Music Awards next week. I well, congratulations. congratulations. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course, we go way back. I love you, and I look forward to seeing you soon, man. Thank you so much, Dre. And I, you too. Thanks for talking to me, guys. Take, take, you take care, Dre. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day, Shannon. Too. All right. Bye-bye. He's called you Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> God, I, I thought we were friends, Dre. <laughs>
He called you Shannon. Shannon. Ah, uh, Shannon Green. Shannon Green. Hey, hey, that's not bad. Yeah, that's, actually, a, yeah. that's a good stage. I could have went to. I could have went with that. Shannon Green. Yeah, Shannon yeah. Green. Hey, please welcome to the stage, Shannon, Shannon Green. Green, aka Dan yeah. and Green. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the D and the S. Which one uh, serves you? Well, I'm gonna go D because the S would I be spitting. Yeah, I'd say yeah. my name too much. Shannon Green. Shannon Green. Hey, uh, uh, I'm Lewis Dix. I'm Dan and Green. And this is what's the name of the show? I don't know. It's your and, show. Oh, in the man's world. Oh. In the man's world. Uh, look, uh, man, uh, London Brown, Andre Kelly, I mean, and you walking in, this has been a great show. I'm going to take, we're going to take a quick break, but wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. We, we don't have enough talent to take a break. Yeah, man, we just, just, yeah, just, we just, let's cause talk, if we, man. yeah, if we, if we. People, See, Lewis, you know, that's how you can tell when somebody's been bougie all their life and been on network, you know, hey, we're going to take a break. Like, no, nah, nah, those days are over. You had no commercials. No, no. Let's keep uh, talking. For those of you who are excited and love the show Bigger on BET, uh, we have uh, one of the stars joining us soon. Uh, comedian, of course, but he's an actor, and so it's just so beautiful how these comics can translate, you know, transition into acting yeah. with ease. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, it's been that way forever. Yes. You know, um, and I was going to ask you, I was because sports wise, and I meant to ask um, London this and Andre, uh, but I was thinking about the great comics, and I was comparing them to sports. Like, who is the Bill Russell of comedy? Okay, and I would say Dr. Cosby. I would say Bill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very. Okay. Very. The, the, in terms of attitude and how he. And, and, and the time the period, yes. yeah, and the time period yes. that he, he he dominated. Yes, and then I was thinking, uh, Michael Jordan, of course, is Eddie Murphy. Okay, in my mind. Okay, and then Kobe is, you know, Dave Chappelle, Kevin nah, Hart. I would say LeBron. Okay, well, I, I would say because I, so Kobe, LeBron was, is Dave Chappelle's and LeBron, and then of Kevin comedy. Hart's. Who's who's Kobe? I would say, uh, I would say maybe Kev, maybe. But yeah. see, I say, well, I, you know, I say Dave Chappelle is. Kobe because of the attitude. No, but His I was attitude say, and Kobe just didn't take any prisoners and Dave Chappelle doesn't take any prisoners. But I would say I would say Kev is more like Kobe because No, Kev ain't got that killer like Kobe. But but he has I, I, let me just put it this way. It not in terms of attitude with Kobe. But if you know something about Kobe which is kind of weird, when he passed, I think unfortunately he 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 only gets the juice when it comes to comparison, but they really don't really talk about Kobe the way I don't know. It was like it was some type of endearment. You know what I mean? It's something that's missing slightly. And I think that sometimes is the same with Kev slightly. No, I'm saying, I'm saying as far as the, their playing style, their game, and their... Because, see... They, so you're saying Dave is Kobe? Yeah, because Kobe, Kobe would put his foot on your throat, and Dave is like, I'm doing me. So well, who's LeBron? LeBron is more so Kevin Hart. He's a he's a he's a uh, he gets along with everyone. He everybody loves him. Kobe, you know, LeBron is just everybody's uh, Space Jam. Okay. I, you, All right. So let me. Here's a good question. Then, since you want to go there, who are you? Oh, I'm I'm uh, I got to think of a journeyman. I didn't think I've never thought about me. I'll give that some thought. Maybe I have next one week. for me. Who? I would say Scottie Pippen. No, you're not Scottie Pippen. Scotty Pippen won championship. You, you, you're not. You gotta see, have a TV see, series. You gotta have a TV series. So you're saying that being in a number of commercials and doing shows, I have to have a series. Yeah. You see, got and that's Scotty. Scotty. That's Scotty no, right there. No, no. Disrespect it, Scotty. Scotty. No, oh, no, I help you get Scotty. there. Okay. okay well, who callers, you say? callers. Uh, who would you say? Three, two, three. Let me tell you. Okay. Three, two, three, eight, one, five, four, two, zero, oh, four. And even the boss lady can tell us if they're saying it in the chat room. Um, and um, and only the real ones now. Don't no, 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 get the ones. Her, if they make her laugh, then we know it's funny. We we can, but no. Here, okay, no, real, I don't I think know. I don't. Um, no, because I look at you. No, no, no. Stop. I'm gonna say this. When I look at you and know your career right. and know that you and really you've done a lot, Lewis. Right. Yeah, but like Mark Curry is a. It could be a Scotty. 
You know, like, okay, even Cat Williams. No, it's Cat. No, Cat, I'm So who Cat. is Cat? Who is Cat? I'll get Cat more like a. Uh, I'm going to put Kevin that. Durant. Yeah, Allen Iverson. Okay, okay, okay I, I like that. That's a good I, one. That's for a Cat. good one. That's, that's a, a good, good one. For that's Cat. a good one. Allen Iverson. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not going to. But yeah. I definitely, you said, who did you just say a cat was before that? I, I was thinking maybe Kevin Durant. No, no, no. They said I'm AC Green. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm in trouble. AC <laughs> Green. I. I and that's a good one. That's a good that's one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That, whoever said I, I that was a good one. I can't see you. As, I, I mean, I look at you. See, I mean, let's let's just we got to look at it. Let's. I think that's something we need to discuss with like this week. You know, you you going out of town, right? Yeah, only town tonight. So you got to afternoon. You're going to work. Yeah. So you'll be in the hotel. Yeah. Chilling. So if you if you take time, let's think about it for next week. Well, if I don't get lucky, I mean, I ain't gonna think about nothing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, watch the energy like yeah. London said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they said Dannon is like Michael Phelps. <laughs> Michael, but that's not basketball. That's not basketball. It's swimming. Yeah. Uh oh. I don't know. We try to stick that it way. with basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basketball. Uh, uh, okay, so um, who would Jeff? Who would Jeff Arnold be? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's but, go. But now, uh, let's sit now. Let's first of all let's say it's not a diss because you're in the league. You're in the league, yes. You're in the league. So don't get mad don't if, you, get if mad you ain't starting. You ain't starting. <laughs> but you're in the league. <laughs> yeah. All right, you, you're going to get a so pension. Who, so who would be Jeff Arnold? You're in the league. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's um, uh, that's, uh, that's 80s, 90s. Uh, and Jeff, because Jeff thinks he's a straight-up hooper. Jeff can go. He says he played for UNLV, but there's no record of it. Yeah, I've Googled this a many of times. Oh, because he told you, right? Yeah, and I've never seen him. Oh, he's, 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 he's... And then I had to talk to Reggie so Theus. Maybe, you know, Reggie Theus is my boy. Okay. And so that was maybe, Mr. UNLV. Maybe if we talk about Jeff enough, he'll come back mm-hmm. uh, and, and to where he'll have to defend himself. Uh, um, okay. So, all right, that's a good, I'd like that. I'd like that we got to see who's, uh, who's else, who else is a top comic working um, now. Um, that, that. Chris Spencer? Chris Spencer. Who is Chris Spencer? That's interesting. Because he had Vibe. He had, he's directing movies now. So we got to figure that out. I'm going to, you know Let's, get, let's give him a position and then say. I don't know, but I'm going to start asking these comics I know who they think they are mm-hmm. in basketball-wise. So I would say Chris Spencer is a guard. And I would give him maybe Norm Nixon. He's an L.A. guy. He's uh, yeah, a, he's, he's can, been successful. I can see that. Can um, see no, that. but I think he's a little bigger than Norm now. No. No? No. Damn. Norm's got championships. Norm got Debbie Allen. Come on. Yeah, okay. Chris Spencer's Norm Nixon. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's, let's – uh, but that's interesting. Uh, I'm Lewis Dix. I'm Danny Green. And, and Chase is a basketball player who's coming up, so I think he'll have a – Who? Chase Anthony, he's an actor, uh, comedian, and he works with Sinbad a lot. And I think he's related to Sinbad. Mm-hmm. But he has an interesting story, too. And, and hopefully, he'll, he, I don't know if he wants to share that. That's why I was asking London. I thought that was a great answer in reference to his brother. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he just he just seems like at peace. I knew his brother had, got, had, had passed. I never knew his brother had gotten killed. Yeah, his brother, and his brother was, I guess, getting ready signed with the Lakers, too. He was a really good athlete. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And, and um and and I, I knew all that before right. I, I even did research on him. And the research is interesting um, whenever I on do On London? It. On anybody. Yeah. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm trying to do it the right way by doing homework. Because before we used to just show up. And the yeah. boss lady said, you can't come back here just showing up. Do some work. 
and know what you're talking about. Right. But if you know the guy, I mean, you know the guy. Yeah, but you still want to ask some questions that, you know, right. you want to act like like his whole thing from, like I didn't, like that was interesting that he had an agent that let him go. But you know what? When I thought of that, when he said that, you know who I thought of? Who? I thought of Dave Chappelle. I thought of Dave when um, he talked about how when he went, in H- went to HBO with his show, uh-huh. and it was like, what do we need you for? Yeah, we got Chris Rock. And, and, and you remember, even when Dave went in with that show, he had already been, you know, Dave's really pretty much been a star through the white clubs. Right. So let's not get it twisted. But, 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 but I mean, that had to be kind of, I meant to ask a follow-up question was, with London, was that shocking? Because here it is, you're on TV for four years, five years, with a hit series. And then your agent says, we think we're too... But you know the problem with HBO? I think it's not like regular TV in some aspect. And could you think about a lot of people from The Sopranos? I right. mean, how many have, outside of the lady, the, the mom... And the guy, you, Michael. Yeah, you don't really... You know what I'm saying? So even though a lot of those guys are working actors anyway already. Yeah, so, and, But and it's just not like it's something that projected onto a, to a next level. But you know they're, I mean? they're different. I mean, let's be honest. Different... Different um, different things happen to different people. And it's a different time, too, because now, unlike before where if someone had a five-year show, you definitely going to go ahead and crack them, you know, get on, stay on them because you know he's going to get something else. The agents, I mean, agents don't even do what they did to get us. I mean, That's they don't true. go out to the clubs no more, Lou. Yeah, but he showed them. He That's showed the them. Uh, he showed them. He, he, he went and got another, another agent, believed in him, and he showed them, and, and now he's on uh, Power Book 3, which, mm-hmm. which um, is that for us? Okay, we have a caller. Hey, caller. Hello. Yo. What's going on? This is Jeremy from the DMV. Hey, what's up, Jeremy from the DMV? Is that... Uh, no, no, this is just a caller who used to call when we were here. And um, I mean, but I'm saying the DMV. Is he like he work at the DMV or... I don't know, no, do no, you? No, no, DC, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Area. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah, I just had to make sure, bro. I know yeah. he's on your lunch How's break. your family, Jeremy? Hey, family's great, man. Everybody's doing well. How about yours? Hey, everybody's good. You know, we're we're the kids. Are, nobody's pregnant, and um, the son had a little accident. You know, a car accident. So messed up his car. He was drinking a little bit, but I got there before the cops got there and got him out. So that's good. That's that good. Thank good. God you ain't telling nobody. Hey man, it was a learning lesson for him. We yeah, knew. Mom better, and man. I knew it was coming. Right. We just didn't we know just, when. How bad? We didn't know. We didn't know. And and I got that call. And about twelve thirty, and and he was like crying, and then I just hit. I thought he said he hit, just hit somebody, and I thought he hit somebody, like a person. Yes. So I I'm, I'm yeah. flying to get to him because mm-hmm. my main thing is. Then he he kind of called me back, and said, "No, I hit a car. It was parked car." And I'm like, "Cool." Only thing I was thinking, well, let me get to you first for the cops. Right. Let's hide the body. And, you know. And then, and, and then <laughs> the, I was going. And, and I'm, think, I'm thinking like this, honestly, and I know this is. You shouldn't think like this. I'm thinking like, let me get him away in his car, and then if the cops come, I'll say I was driving. Take the heat because I knew Take I wasn't drinking. Right. So, and that was interesting. But, 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 but that's enough. But he's everything's fine. He learned a lesson, and he doesn't well, have a car said. right now, which yeah. we're happy. Right. So he can well, move. So I'm sorry. Now you, uh, you uh, said, "Yo, not work." I'm sorry. Real quick, say talk. Hey, t- I gotta. Um, what, so you called in. What's going on? No, I wanted to comment on the uh, on who you are, the basketball players comparable. Oh, good. All right, well, okay, so go ahead. Hey. Well, I think I think Lewis is Derek Fisher. Derek, okay, okay. No, I, I, I think that's too much. Poet is uh, Chase said he can't get in the Zoom. I don't okay, know what I'm... so Lewis, Derek Fisher, who am I? 
So you would be uh, maybe John Starks. Starks? Yeah. Starks was a baller, but why Starks? Because they were... I say John Starks because they never really made it to that next level as elite. Okay, okay. But was always there. Because remember in the 90s, the Knicks, was, the Knicks were very good. I grew okay. up watching the Knicks. So I used to always watch... Because I love the King Olajuwon. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Yeah. So let, so, me, ask you, let me ask you this question. Yeah. So, so I... I John Starks, I didn't get to that level, but I'm still in the game. So if I, what would get me to the next level? I mean, what what would change? I mean, just like, I don't, I I hear what you're saying, D. I don't think I'm Derek Fisher, but I appreciate that. But so you're saying TV show. I mean, I'm saying you've done, you know, but he got me as John Starks, but I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, I'm with it. You're in the league. I'm still in the league. I made the team. So I'm not taking it personal. Let me break it down. Let me break it. I gave Lewis, um, Derek Fisher because they went to the championship. He was with a big name. He was with Kobe and and, and Shaq, the two biggest names. Uh, but what about Lou? What, who was he had. with? Say what now? But who was Lou? Who was with? Lou was, was with Cosby. Remember, Lou used to open up for Bill Cosby. He was him and Cosby were. Okay, so I I, 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 I give him that. I give him that. Okay, that's that, a good. Was, that's a good. He was on the Cosby team. Yeah. No, no, I I'm in the nineties. I could see Derek Fisher. I was running a little bit. I had a little game. Okay, yeah. I had no game. And I'm, you and you were doing your thing in the in in the, in the early nineties, mid nineties. You yeah. were you was, everybody want to be honest with you. A lot of people want to be in your position. And I'm still here. And so you still in the game. So hey, let, let me. Somebody you know, said yeah. that you were noses Malone. Oh, <laughs> noses Malone, man. Hey, D. Hey, D uh, I cool. appreciate you. Hey, man, thank you so much for. I don't know if you're listening, but I appreciate you calling. Yeah, thanks for calling in, man. And I'm gonna take no, that man, John I'm, Starks thing. I like that. I've been waiting for the man's world to come back, Lou. So I'm really glad you're back with the poetess. You know, because this is this is this is bringing back nostalgia, man. So congrats. Well, thank you, man. Much respect, man. Please call back again. Yes, we're out. All right. All no, right. Noses Malone. Yeah. Oh, they said they kept me. My nose. Yeah. It's, and that was like your list is, is my nose thing. Oh. That's why I was. I, so neither I, one of us is going to be invited to certain parties. Like you, never a cocaine party. No. And 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 and, and that's <laughs> never why a cocaine party. I, I used it's to one do hit. a joke. I used to, I I got in front of it like you said about yep. my nose. Mm-hmm. It said, "Yep, same thing." Chases. Well, let's see if we can just get Chase to call in. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that's. You know what though? You know, you, when, speaking about getting in front of it, Lou, I uh, that's what I did. But I think I did it because. Actually, because of Guy Tory, you know what I mean. Because when I used to open up at the uh, comedy store for Guy, you know he would go on and go right at me, right after it. So what I would do is said, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna get on stage. I'm gonna talk about my list. I'm gonna make people laugh, laugh, and then I'm gonna be able to kill whatever he did to come behind behind me." And it worked. So you got it, like you know. So, but you in your case, no cocaine parties, no party, nope. Okay, boom. Okay, I I just sent the wrong number to my my basketball chat, <laughs> but no, that was um, okay. Good. Chase is going to be joining us in a minute, um, and uh, so he can help save the show because we were struggling. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That was a great call, but yeah. I like that. That's a good thing. We yeah. have to keep that in. You can say that I created it. I, cool. I mean, thank you. Damn. But I need some. So when yeah, the sponsorship no. come in, well, I need some of that sponsorship. <clears throat> Oh, so like a that's series. gonna be a segment. Yeah, <laughs> gonna go to the series. Uh, <laughs> gonna go to the series. This is where I can be. I can graduate from John Starks and maybe be, uh, you know, Maurice Cheeks. He said, <laughs> uh, 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 "Andre just 
<laughs> hit me and said, uh, apologize. He was rushing off and he wanted to say he apologized calling you Shannon. Oh, no, no. Okay. No problem, Dre. No problem. <laughs> I'll just know what to call you next time. Shannon There's was, levels to relationships that, like, I just, I don't know if I want. Like, I didn't know that there was enough love in a relationship that made a woman think it's okay to come and talk to you on the toilet. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Any woman can yell out, like, what, what is going, like, tell me, what is so important, too? And I think that y'all know that y'all broke in the bathroom, because y'all be surprised. Y'all pop in like a magician, like, And the worst thing a man could ever see you do is get comfortable. When they sit on a tub in front of you, you like, what the hell? She getting comfortable, what the hell? Then they sit down happy like, hey. Like, this is not a happy situation, this is not. Uh, that's my man. Uh, he's born in Atlanta, and this is, again, I Googled it, so I hope it's right. He's born in Atlanta, raised in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's an actor, comedian. And you've seen him in such films as Journey of a Goddess, Love and Trust, and TV shows Grey's Anatomy, Lethal Weapon. And currently, he stars in the hit BET series Bigger as Dion Lewis. Please welcome Chase Anthony. Thank you, Chase. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Chase, Chase. Do you know man, Danny? I got no complaints. Yeah, what's he, up, man? Yeah, you know, come on, man. I'm just making sure. He's my have... guy. We, we, we have battled for commercials and everything else together. Oh. What up, Chase? I see, every time I see Danny, I, I just want to... Literally be like this. So, you know, I've been up on my boxing. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. How you been, brother? Man, I got no complaints. Looking I good. No complaints. Looking good. Hey, um, first of all, thank you for joining us. Sorry about the hiccup. And uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Because uh, first, let's start with, um, I wanted to ask you how the ca casting process was auditioning for Bigger. And going in, did they know you were a comedian? Um, going in, yeah, they, they knew that... Uh, that I definitely was a comedian. So they actually had uh, worries of if I could do drama. Um, so that was the the big thing. And it was a different casting process because you go in there, you see all your friends. So you kind of, that's the energy. And then it got to the point where it got down to the last two people. And it was between me and somebody that looked like me with shorter hair that was just way definitely um, way bigger. So you're like, ah, oh, damn, this is what we're doing, huh? Mm -hmm. It's me against the swole version of me, huh? Okay, okay. Now, when you say you saw a bunch of your friends, was that the casting people or other actors? Other actors. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Other actors, you go in there and you, again, you see all your, your comedian comrades, you see all your acting comrades. And so you, you be in there and it's hard not to root for people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when people are, are getting cut down, and I've been, you know, on the other side of it as well, uh, outside of bigger, but man. Um, so some of your comfort also leaves with them. Cause when you, you know, when you usually be in your nerves, your homie sitting right there. So you're right. talking to him like, oh no, nah, I did this. And then, you know, I did this. And now y'all might be going over jokes. So y'all more comfortable also going over your lines. Once they leave, you like, huh? All right. So it I'm got next. down to you and, and how many auditions did you have? To, how many, how many times? It was, um, two auditions. And then we end up testing, um, doing our screen, uh, our director's session and our network all in one day. So we just kept going. Like we started in the morning and then by the end of the night, it, we was, everybody had that. So you was just sitting in there the whole time, like, oh man, for hours. They fed us lunch. So 
And did you. you? How did you find out? Was it that night, or the your agent called? You I had to. Come, I had to come back because of that whole the 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 comedy thing. I think puts us in a box very quickly. It's like, oh well, he can't be serious. It's like, well, no, actually, most of us are <laughs> serious as right, hell. So, like so. most of our comedy is from the darkest place. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's actually probably more of our forte, but we end up getting put in the box because of the comedic timing. And so I had to come back. I was, my character had to come back the next day. I think they had everybody cast and me and um, who I was up against had to come back, so which actually you, I ended up rooting for him. So what did you think sealed it for you? What, what got you to nod? Um, sometimes I think it's, it's, it's either chemistry or what they, what they saw in something. Cause as much as I was like, oh, well it was this and it was this. You know, when I got the set, they was like, nah, it was this. Like, we just was worried about this and we asked this and, you know, just with, with y'all, it was just a different kind of chemistry. Or with you and the other so, cast. Yeah, oh. with me and I think the my my love interest, who end up being my love interest, but uh -huh. you don't find out. Um, I think until, what, the last few episodes now, of the first season? Did you know it was going to be such a hit when you first got going that it was going to do what it did? No, nah. I think I, I think that that you're already nervous because Will Packer has a certain standard as far as when it comes to his movies and the careers that he's made. So you, you're not necessarily from a place where you're like, oh, this is bad, but it does put that pressure. It's like, all right, cool. Like the last person that he just popped is Tiffany Haddish. And we see what Tiffany Haddish is doing. Right. That's from a Will Packer produced project. You know, and we know what Kevin does. So it's like all those things. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. I gotta like bring my A game. And then, you know, then you go through the idea of like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we're going on a streaming um, site. So then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Now I feel the pressure even more because you're one of the first on this, this streaming network and this platform. So you're like, are, are you the only comedian in that group of guys? Yeah. Okay. And the rest are actors. Okay. Um, do you feel pressure to make things funnier when you're working as far as in your scenes? Do you, do you, do you have to stay away from say, all right, I'm gonna go with this. I think this would be funny. Um, yeah. And no, I think that sometimes you, you don't want to fight the writer. Okay. You know, and sometimes that's not your role. So for me in, in this series, I ended up playing a straight guy more than I did end up getting to do more the comedic undertones. And what I found out was it was like, nah, it's your reaction. It's like, you be real mad. Okay. <laughs> you be mad now. Now, okay, because um, some people, I, and being on sets, I know some guys, some actors and some comedians, whatever have, are you the kind of guy that just gets along so you can do your job and not be extra? for lack of a better word, what's your attitude? Yeah, I think I think that you end up trying to more so create this professional realm because you are a comedian. So you're like, either they have expectations for you to always be funny or you put those expectations on yourself. And it's like, Ugh. I was uh, I was reading something about you and it's had 10 things you didn't know about Chase Anthony. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like okay. <laughs> I was expecting, you know, and and I, I one thing they said is you like to help other people. Big facts. That's a fact. Yeah. How do you go about that, and where did that come from? 
Um, I think that you uh, you you kind of pick it up when you grow up in a house full of women. Yeah, so you, know, you have four sisters, right? Yeah. Um, you just actually remind me. I got called one for her birthday. Um, I think that you naturally pick it up because you're like, hey, you got to do this and you got to do this. So you're you're kind of in that position, and then you know you can't help but kind of pick that up. Also, being on a road with somebody like Sinbad, right? So you kind of groomed in a different way. So you, you kind of naturally are this way, and then. Man, you, I mean, you, you know, Lewis, like he liked taking care of people. Right. Like, now, are you related to Sinbad? No. Okay. Because every, <laughs> what happened was I would, I would sit, stand in for Chase. If Chase was busy, I would get a call. So I was always hoping he was busy right. to open up for Sinbad. And then somebody seems like, oh, Sinbad's like, oh, that's my, you know, that's my nephew. I got to take care of him. And I was like, all right, all right. So you're not. You know, no, he, he, he kind of is, but not. So Monica, do you know Monica? Yeah, I know Monica. Monica. Yeah, his sister. So that's my that's my aunt. Okay. So okay. that's why um, he kind of took me under his wing. But then also too, he was he wasn't privy to like how comics were getting on the road now. You know what I'm saying? He was just like, so no, you gotta get out there and you gotta do this. It's like yeah, no technology. They could follow up on these phone calls. Right. You were just showing up, and they didn't have enough technology to say, hey, oh, okay, cool. He wasn't supposed to be here, right? So. Nah, but it was it was a blessing. So it was that Uncle Daddy uh Sinbad. That's yeah, but you I, put your work in too, so you were prepared. Yeah, yeah. so that that oh, was yeah. that was part of it. Oh man, yeah. Nah, you you are I mean, we all know like uh Sinbad don't don't <laughs> ain't gonna just have you there to have you there. Now you said acting is your day job, I and mean, why do you say that? Cause I think that for us as comics, like we do have a night job like as much as it's during the day like you know what i'm saying it's, mm -hmm. you're you're more bruce wayne during the day and batman at night because you do have a full-time day job you got to be available for auditions you got to be ready to to now do self-tapes um have meetings do acting classes and all that stuff so i look at it as like you have two jobs and you got two full-time jobs so now you also found you were an athlete. You played football. Yeah. What, what, what level? What level? College. College. Where? At uh, Concordia. Okay. So okay. So we could, later on, we got a question that revolves around comics and what's what, what college is that? I don't ever heard of it. What's college? It's a it's a D two school in um, uh, St. Paul. It's not many of Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. He's cool. just saying that because he went to Ohio State, but he didn't play. I ain't play, but I, mean, I, I went to Sonoma I, State. I'm Division three, so I totally respect you. Hilarious. So <laughs> I ran a five five forty. So that tells you my level of. I was a long snapper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what position did you play? I played corner and kick return. Okay, so that's, speed. So I snapped the ball to get him. The yeah, kick. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you made his life easier, uh, man. <laughs> hey, um, you you have a unique perspective on women because you grew up with four sisters, and I wanted to ask you what are some of the things that a man should you feel a man should know by the age of twenty one? Um, showering. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's like. That's like the one that you don't want to hear. Like, and, and when you got sisters, they got no chill. So they're like, uh -huh. Ugh, you stink. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, nah, I, I smell good. It's like, no, you stink. Either you stink or your clothes stink. One of them stink. So <laughs> right. something stink. Okay. And that's the one thing that I think that sometimes you be a little rebel and then you realize like that ain't going to get you to that promised land. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So that was, that's one of the things that you kind of don't know. And then two, like, when you ain't got that many, you know, good shirts, 
Mm-hmm. You know, watch the good shirt, man. Because you've been around a whole bunch of smokers. You've been out drinking. So, like, it's a combination of that in your shirt. And you just spray cologne on it. Right. Right. I, I Now, I want to go into something as far as, and you don't have to go into it. I just was curious if you had a perspective on it. The way you grew up. I was reading about that you're, you're growing up. And it was challenging in a lot of ways. Um, and because you, 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 was your father in your life? Um, no, I've been on my own since uh, I was 15. 15. Yeah, that's, I want to know how that came about. And, and... Um, you know, I'm a, I'm an 80s baby. I'm a product of the 80s. So, you know, our parents will deal with anything from a, a range of uh, mental health, addiction, um, just stability in some senses, because we come from, again, that crack epidemic, the drugs being induced, you know, that whole background thing. But I think also, too, um, it just wasn't the same accountability on, I guess, some men. So I left Atlanta and went to Minnesota to stay with my stepdad. My stepdad went through his thing and then he left. So now I was just in Minnesota. By yourself? Yeah. And I mean, I have like my stepdad's family, so they're my family, but um, <laughs> you know, he was still gone. So I was having to work, play sports, pay bills, figure it out. Okay, how does one, okay, I'm just thinking at 15, how does one put that stuff in order? How did you figure out A, B, C, D? Trial and error, uh, mostly error. Uh, But I think that sometimes the reason why you have your friends, your brotherhood is because they end up kind of taking care of you. So it it was coaches, friends, friends' parents, um, kind of putting their hands on me. And then, you know, I, I probably will say I come from a good stock. So, like, my grandma kind of definitely put me in the game as far as I, I, I want to say just mental awareness for a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you got to do everything, you know, to 110%. So, but she's going to make sure you know about this and know about order, know about structure, know about that. So now you just slowly implement it. And I think my mom knew that like something was coming because she was like, you never have to depend on a woman for anything. So you're not a cook, clean, uh, wash your own clothes. And now, now from an ignorant perspective, a lot of people who include myself sometimes are ignorant. And we look at someone, we judge a book by its cover. Now, if I look at you, I'm thinking you had a great upbringing, light skin. Don't you don't really see it in your act as far as being angry. You know, so have you have you dealt with that? A lot of people thinking that you did not grow up the way you grew up with some of the challenges. Uh, I, I, I still deal with it again because like you're saying, sometimes you could paint a, a pretty picture, but you don't know where the color came from. Right. And so for for me, it has definitely been therapy. Um, that's definitely helped. When I worked uh, corporate, uh, had that good insurance and I used it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, yeah, it, it for myself, I had to start actually saying it in my set. Um, and then being on the road with somebody like Sinbad, he kind of forces it. Like, all right, cool, man. Uh, if you don't talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. It's like, wait, what? Um, and so it started to come out in my set, but then it's also, too, you got to understand your audience. Like, it's Sinbad's audience, so I can't necessarily project everything I want right before Sinbad. Right. You know? So um, some of it has been a bit muted, and, you know, I still, I think, feel like I deal with it as far as, like, in our even comedy community, because 
I had corporate job before, so I'm not going to wear my struggle. I'm not dressing a certain type of way. I don't feel like that's what makes you a good comedian. And then again, like you said, the light skin, the good hair, all these list of qualities people just put on you. So it's always like, oh, why is this rich nigga doing this? Why is this? Why is this? You right. know, he probably come from this. It's like, nah, I beat your ass. That's what it'll come down to. Right. That's the thing. Cause I wanted to ask you that. Cause you know, you've opened for Sinbad. So his audience is much older. So did what are some of the differences that you noticed from performing in front of his people and then going to a club where it's your people? Um, you you are talking to your parents, you're talking to your aunts and uncles. So like <laughs> it is they see it that way, you know uh -huh. what I'm saying? So they're like, oh, and then again, because of the age difference between me and Sinbad, he'll go up there and talk about it. Like, ah, man, you talked about this again, and, da -da -da -this. and so he found a way to even spin it on the back end for his audience to be able to kind of talk to their kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm like this, listen, I, I'm not the dumbest one of my generation. Like there's other people that this advice probably would go better for, but we don't go with it. Right. Now, do you, but now then when you walk in front of your peers, is, do you have a different approach of what you style of what you give them? Yeah, I think it, it is. But I, I, for myself, the one thing that I noticed was it, it's it's not as polished. That's not what you have as much muscle memory in as, as far as where you pivot, where your brain takes you. Because, again, like we can go as raunchy as we want when we're talking about us and it's our show. And you came to see me. But at a Sinbad show, it's like you, you don't not have to cuss, but you probably won't. Right, right. And that was one thing that, like, he would be like, nah, you say whatever you want to say, but you then you start realizing what words can do. Like, I could say the same thing in a different way, and that's what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get muscle memory in that, but it still feels like, you know, I'm – on a roll with Sinbad, learning from a legend, learning probably the best way to do comedy. And then you still have Def Jam in the back of your head where it's like, nah, turn up, right. turn up, like go out right now. And he'll be like, go out. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you, I know you're, um, you're, I don't know, I don't know if you're dating, but um, we were talking to London Brown earlier about energy and well, he was talking about energy and the women that come in you guys' lives. Now that you're on TV, is it different? And and how do you handle that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's way um, different. I, I will say this. Um, London probably is uh, getting something totally different uh, than I think I'm probably getting. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just throw that part out there. Okay. Uh, well, it's OK. It's hey, they, they they watching it. So it's yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And, and but I will say sometimes it's never who you want. It's like, man, I wish this bad wouldn't slide in my DMs. Da, da, da. But the one that slid in your DMs that was extra confident, you like, this. ah, damn, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I, I, I thought it was gonna be better. I thought it was at least gonna be a, a six. Okay, now, with a strong four in the DMs. Now, like, okay, now you're talking to two old heads, so we wanna, we want you to help educate us with the whole DM thing. What is the process? They, they hit you on your DM, and then what's the next thing that happens if you think you like them or whatever? You, you accept them. So it's, it's almost like a graduation. So you, you see them. And, oh, we can set it up like a club, right? So there's like, there's VIP, there's like bottle service, there, you know, those elements that are in there. Right now, they just walked in the club. So they just in the general population. And then you might see them and you might be like, oh, okay, cool. Come talk to me in this little holding section. So you got your general, right? And then they might graduate to the primary, 
which is like just who all, all your people are in there. So now you're seeing them a little bit more regular, but there's, there's levels to it. And then eventually that primary is the, the VIP. You sitting down, you pouring your own drinks, so you got somebody pouring it for you. But other than that, it's general um, population. Now, does she have to be extra bad to bring her friend into that VIP? Like yeah. you common, you can't bring your, you both can't be common. Well, no, I mean, in theory, just we've been in LA long enough to, to know like that, then what's happening? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like either y'all come in as a package, which I'm okay with, mm. or y'all just hungry. Like, that's what I, I realized. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, cool. Y'all wanted to go out like this. Oh, and then eventually you get put in the friend zone. So it's like, well, why do we do that? Now, do you have any questions? No, good. He's doing well. No, no, go ahead. If you no, have any no, questions. No, I don't have them right now. <laughs> All right, I'm so glad you're prepared. Uh, uh, I was going to ask you, um, coming from the upbringing you had and, and the challenges, you now are preparing yourself for your future by saving and and purchasing property. Is that where you are now? Is that where you are? You just living? Nah, I'm uh, again. I'm I've been homeless, so I, my thing is to not go back. So I'm an entrepreneur as well as, again, you know, I have my career goals with acting and comedy. So um, the first bag definitely fucked that up. I, I, I messed up that, uh, that first bag. Uh, the second one, um, yeah, it was investing. In and that was from your corporate background to, to, to go that way, to make sure yeah. that you. Well, that was the one thing that I'm starting to see with with. Um, with doing comedy and sometimes the conversation that circulates, I think that sometimes you kind of need to work first. You kind of needed college. You needed right. some of these experiences or else you really don't have anything to draw from. And the one thing that I started noticing with comedians, there's certain lingo that they just don't understand because they've never worked in office. Right. So you're saying things to them as far as branding, marketing, promotion, all these things. And it's like, well, I just want to do comedy. I just want to act. Well, it's not act business is show business. So like you got to have the show and you gotta, you can't act like you have your business together. You really do. So for me, it took going back and actually implementing business ethics, more so the structure of certain things. So like, I mean, we know how we can have, we can have work and then you can be sitting at home and you can feel like shit when you're just sitting at home. Cause you ain't got no structure. You got nothing to lean on for me again, stocks, like you said, real estate, and then um, I own a printing company. I got to put my time near, so now I'm not losing it, you know, or I'm not a slave to it, because that was the one thing I didn't want to do. I don't, I don't want to be a slave to my craft in some senses. That, 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 it's so I, I went, we were talking earlier, and thank you for that information. We were talking earlier about where we were ranking comics oh. in, in an athletic basketball sense. Like I, we were saying that Bill Russell – Bill Cosby. Cosby, Dr. Cosby's Bill Russell, uh, and we said um, Dave Chappelle was. Uh, I thought Dave Chappelle was Kobe. I said LeBron, and I thought Eddie Murphy was Michael Jordan. You no, you said Kevin Hart was Kobe. No, I said you. I said Kevin Hart was LeBron. I think Dave Chappelle is Kobe because of how hard he goes. What do you think, Chase? I, I definitely will. Um, we'll start with 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 that. That ranking of our Bill Russell is definitely uh, Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to the Celtics. Um, and no, nah, I would go, I definitely would go Eddie as far as 
MJ. But I, I think that also, too, we kind of got to circle in to, you know, you might have to put Isaiah as – as uh, Martin Lawrence, because I think that we oh, got it. Okay, yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah, about Martin. I forgot about Martin. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, because you know they won championships. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. If you think about, and he had a show. He had a show. Yeah, he had a show. Right. No, you're right. And his comedy specials, and then what he did for comedy. That was the one thing that I was watching something else um, the other day. I think it was a Kanye interview, and they were talking about what their contribution to the craft was. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I think that like, you gotta include some of these people um, and what they kind of shaped and shifted and molded what the younger generation now picked up. All right, so- I Totally agree. So who are you? I'm probably uh, one of these 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 young niggas, um, just cause as much as I was like, oh, okay, cool, you've made these moves, I feel like I'm, Starting all right, you in the league. You in the league though. So you in the league. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm in. I'm in the league. Right. Um, and I definitely feel like actually, if 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 I can be transparent, I feel like I don't won some shit. Okay. Um, but I don't feel like you know what I'm saying that I've put a stamp or so shifted. So are you a uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden? I'm probably. Uh, ooh, shit, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I probably, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll say I'll say more Russell than anything, and the okay. only reason why is just because that ambition. Like I, I'm gonna give it to you, in in every kind of way, and I'm okay. gonna find the extra way. I'm gonna do the extra work over here. So again, we comics, but I've done improv. I've right. done all those things. Been in improv troops. All those things that I think gonna give you those extra little tools, so you don't just look at me as a nigga with a beard that can shoot right. really, really, really good. Now, I someone in the chat room said. Cat Williams was Allen Iverson. Ooh, ooh! I will say he, cause the way that he came in and, and changed the game, like he kind of altered how we saw pimping on stage, how we saw the presentation, what we accepted from somebody. Again, like Cat came in and really was just like, no, nah, I'm gonna tell y'all what it is, and I'm gonna tell y'all from these places, and I'm not gonna pretend that that I don't look this way. Cause he came, He at first I know he was cat in the hat and then he shipped to, to Cat Williams. So, you know, he had his little Georgetown and yeah. then he crossed a couple people. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm with uh, you. So where do you think Kevin Hart is? Who do you think Kevin Hart is? And Kevin might, I think Kevin is LeBron. And the only reason why I say I that I is, is, is from a business standpoint, I think that you can't, take away how he's changed the game and elevated everything. And that's LeBron. LeBron took business, who he was as a brand, and started to really spread it out. So now when you think about uh, Rich Paul, when you start thinking about uh, Maverick Carter, when you start thinking about how his homeboys can eat, you start thinking about the Plastic Cup boys. You start yep. thinking about yeah. all these things that these these people can now eat off of. Yeah. And, I and I said with Kev, the reason that I said I felt like Kevin was more LeBron because, unfortunately, a lot of comedians, I won't say a lot, but over the years, people have said, and even the public, where is Kevin really funny? You know what I mean? And I always tell people, don't ask me who's funny because everybody's funny to me. Everybody has their own style. you know. And he's and he's he's eating. He's eating way better than me for me to even have any judgment. But it's the same with LeBron. As great as LeBron is, we still have so many people, and there's definitely a lot of dudes in the league, 
that don't give LeBron the respect. You know, Kevin Garnett finally said something nice the other day about, you know, everybody doesn't do the shit the right way or something else, something. But then he said, but this but this dude did it one, you know, he's been there somehow, what he put it. And I said, wow, Kevin Garnett must need something because he ain't never said nothing nice about LeBron. So I'm just saying, I think Kevin and LeBron would, would mess. So I, that's why I said LeBron. Yeah, well, Kevin's funny. So listen, uh, Chase, we're going to let you go. I want to thank you for taking the time and, and thank you for all that insight and knowledge you dropped to the young boys. Um, appreciate oh, it. Thank you, Chase, man. Good seeing you, man. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all, I love y'all more than y'all ever know. All right. Well, thank you, man. Much One. love and respect. Thank you for uh, saying yes to this. Take care. Be safe. You too. Hi, right, boy. Be up. Chase. Right. At least he didn't call you Shannon. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chase, my guy. I mean, Chase knows me. But I know a lot of people, Louis. See, I, I think I'm, I'm feeling, I felt a little slighted the last three guests because each guest you said, do you know him? And, and then they, and and the first I'm, thing they said, I'm going to keep saying that. And they kept saying, yo, what's up, Dan? And like, they didn't say that to you. So, boss lady, should we put him? Well, they already said yes to me. No, but I they said yes to you, but they don't act like they really, like they, you, you're they surprised they know the me. Show. But the yes, love they show me. And so next week, can we put his chair to my right where Jeff used to be? Because <laughs> it seems like he's feeling little. He's feeling no, no, little. I like it right here. I like it no. right here. I want to be able to see him. But I'm just saying, wouldn't you agree, boss lady, that, you know, the last couple of guests, he was like, oh, you you know, Dan? like, it was almost like, I, you know, like, yeah, I was some dude. You, you have to come you, off the John street Starks. and talk. They don't know John Stark. Well, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't, I'll take the John Stark. I can't believe he called me Derek Fisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my man from the DMV. Hey, uh, listen, uh, it's been fun. Great show. Yeah, we, we got 10 more minutes to fill. Let's um, talk, man. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're the you're the man. No, here. you can you're, have, No, nobody's the man. The man. The, the man in quotes, boss lady. She's back there. Okay, I didn't so see it. Nobody. And no. the and the other lady who came in sweaty from working out. Yeah, and she was throwing up all over the place, but she was cool. Was she? Yeah, outside. I don't know. She was spitting up water or something. Oh, was she? Yeah, but I so didn't. She not I didn't even know who she was at first. I was like, I thought she was some crackhead walking up. I was about to no, say, no, yeah, no, don't, I, don't go. No, she, I'm not being disrespectful. I saw her on the all side. Right, shoot, now here's the up. thing. Why it, can't the truth easier, be ever be is told? Is it easier to say? Well, sometimes you got words. It's easier to say I thought she was homeless or I thought she was a crackhead. Which is worse? Well, what both is you, worse. No, I mean there's got to be a okay. If you had to, well, you know, crackhead's funnier. But so if somebody, it's homeless. If I thought some, she was a homeless lady. If somebody saw you and they say I thought you were homeless or I thought you were a crackhead, which one would you feel better of them saying homeless? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought she was a. I did not know who she I was. I thought she was homeless. This is how. That. Okay, let me be honest. Because homeless, just, you got a shot. Let me let me just say what happened. What. I'm coming through the driveway. Uh -huh. She's at the corner. And I saw her spitting up water or drinking her mouth with water. So I'm like, like damn, well, maybe she's a smoker or something. Maybe she throwing up. This is the truth. Then when I got to the gate, the gate opened. So I thought that you guys knew I was there. And then she walked in. Then she went to the gate, the front door. She pulled the door back. Then she didn't go in. And she pulled to the side. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, why ain't she not going in? So then when I got out the car, you know I me, mean? I got my Philly, you know, Lenses on, so I'm looking at her to the right, and then she goes, "Well, do you have a mask?" And I'm looking at her like, "Well, who are you?" Because I just saw you outside, you know. So I didn't know who she was. And you, did you answer her? Yes, I, but yeah, I still was respectful. I said, "Yeah, I have a mask." And then so when she came behind me, so you were respectful to a crackhead. Or well, a I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah. So you, I didn't respect. I just answered the question. What, all right, what helped you? First of all, why would a crackhead have the opener and open the door? See, you have to understand. Like, I just hit Lou up and told him I was there, so I didn't know maybe Lou or somebody had seen me come. It just happened to all happen at the same time. 
She she doesn't look homeless or like a look. Record. I'm not trying to knock her. You can't. See, this is the no, problem. I know, with us. I know. I know. I'm I being know, honest. I, I get what you're saying. You, it, it was a flash. It, thing. Everything happened at the same right, time. Right. Because if you had like, if you had looked at her, truly looked at her, you would have saw. Yeah. That. Because I saw her in the corner. And I didn't know she was throwing up or right. I didn't know she had worked out. I got you. That yeah. was a Philly quick thing. Philly thing. Yeah, you, um, don't 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 try to rob me because I saw something different. No, it was a film. No, I'm talking was, to the lady was, back then. Was, no, but it was the thing of what it was was I'm what not we being what, no no I know it's okay. what we all do. We judge a book by its cover. Yes. It's a quick look and a quick and you went to a Philly mode of protecting. And yourself. then she would have came in. I wouldn't have said, but she didn't come right in. She opened up the door. Then she moved to the side, and I was like, right. But I'm that, kind that kind of threw me off. Right, but evidently your senses started calming down, and you realized she was someone because right, she had when to be, she said you have a mask. Right, and then I said, okay, yeah, yes, she must be somebody, somebody. Here. And then I said, yes, I do, and I came now, in. And you think you should have said, I'm sorry, I thought you were a crackhead. No, because I didn't. No, she never knew that till the situation just I, occurred. I think so that I, now she knows. See, my me now me, I have to apologize and say, uh, apologize. Well, you're, not the, you're not the first one. I've had to apologize to her a few times. Okay, just because of of something. You know, I mean, that's just, but that's the beauty of in a man's world. Men are honest, and this is what we do. Chase just hit us and said, thank you. Uh, it was dope. And said, thank you, Shannon? No. Okay. He said, this was dope. Thanks okay. again. That means, I guess, he enjoyed it. Yeah, Chase. So I'm Lewis Dix. I'm Danny Green. And we have, um, like, six minutes before we, uh, I want to, uh, I, I, I want to thank all the people who are listening, and, and I'm feeling really good about the direction we're going in. We can continue to get some these nice young comics to call in. Oh, we have another caller. Caller. Lewis. Yes. It was so nice of you to have your illegitimate son call into the show and think we wouldn't catch on. Who? Chase. You and Chase got the same nose, Mr. Lewis. Chase is way <laughs> too light-skinned for to be my son. And his nose is half the size of yeah, Chase is way, <laughs> Chase is way, that means, that meant no. I was with a white girl. Chase will get invited to a crack cake, crack party. Lewis and why do you think, because he light-skinned and his life is better, Lewis, what kind of colorist bull crap is that? No, I, just, I did preference that by saying that ignorant people like myself would think that he didn't have a tougher life like most people think that is colorism. Most people think that if you, because we say that all the time about basketball players. Oh, man, he, he ain't got light no. Light skin, he's soft. Light skin, he's soft. And, 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 and we just judge like that. that Boxing was, the same. Yeah, yeah. and that's, 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 I did preface by saying ignorant people and included myself. So that's why I said that. I, Even I, I light skin women. We say, I, we think yeah. light skin women are fine you when they're not. What's so odd, what's so weird with that thought process? Mm -hmm. A lot of folks tend to find the, Light-skinned women, oh, they're so desirable, they're beautiful, but then light-skinned men are soft. Yes. and, and that crazy? Yeah, well, we think dark-skinned, a lot of uh, in ignorance say dark-skinned women got more attitude, mm -hmm. and, and you're right. And and, and my Code 3 is, and I, I used to have a thing about light-skinned girls, and then... Um, I always like dark-skinned women, though. I like brown women one, now. Until, until one broke your heart. Yeah. Hey, who yeah, told right. you? Damn it! You got delivered. I got yeah. delivered. Yeah, now, right. yeah, now I'm going as hey, late as I can. But, White. But just like you, a lot, of, and that's a lot of us. A lot of us, we judge a book by its cover, and and hopefully, and definitely, as you get older, you realize it. But it's the stereotypes. What do you prefer, though? I mean, I like dark skinned uh, women. Somebody, somebody in the chat room said that Chase was your son with Kim Fields. Oh, hilarious! Damn. No, my pigmentation is stronger than yeah, yeah. Chase's. I mean, what did you think? Didn't you think he was? He was. Uh, him in London were night very smart, intelligent young men. Yeah. Uh, the other gentleman that plays on um, Power. Power with London, he's from LA too. They are some very smart brothers. 
Yes. They, they are not like, uh, I'm like, are they sure they're from L.A.? Not saying everybody's from L.A., but, you know, it's like I know the Bay tend to have that black consciousness, but some of them folks in L.A. to me are kind of lost. There you go. Now, where, now where are you from? That's my, that's, I'm from the country. Praise that's God. That's C. Moore. Remember proud. last week? Oh, C. Moore. Oh, oh. But how do you know about yeah, L.A., though? Proud, collard green, and cornbread, baked chicken. Why don't you send us a meal up here one time <laughs> since you're talking about it? She travels a lot. Uh, why don't you just make us a meal and send me and lose some of them dinners up here? I'm single. I could use a meal. You're going to have to have your stuff pureed, um, Danny. What's, what's that? Can you explain that? Right. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to puree, you know, like baby food. You know, baby food. Oh, because of your lips. We don't want Danny to choke. <laughs> Danny got a thick tongue. We don't want Danny to choke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks Wait. for calling in. Bye. Oh, no. no I'm just kidding. No, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> hold on, Danny. I'm just kidding. Danny Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna get my friends. I'm gonna get my friends the number two. Don't worry about it. Next week, my friends are calling. Tell him, baby. Tell him. That's all right. He gonna learn. That's all right. He gonna he gonna learn. And he gonna plus, learn today. But plus, don't worry about it. He, as soon as Jeff and, and uh, TDP come back. Oh yeah, I'll be gone. He, he be gone. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I've already decided. And how yeah. and, and how how are you? How are you doing? You good? I'm doing well. I got a bike ride tomorrow. We're gonna do like a little twenty miles um, called uh, Park to Port, and it supports the uh, Herman Memorial Park Conservatory. Mm -hmm. But that's pretty cool. Now, I I'm doing some um, Muay Thai, learning some self defense. I think that's very important. You know, just everything going on. I'm encouraging a lot of women, all women that are listening to the show. Please get in some self-defense classes. Yeah, because Code Three. Yeah, Code Three is all that. She's all on. about that. I have to tell Code Three you called. Uh, to tell Code Three you yeah. called because she'll tell say. Tell Code Three I said hello and, and, and that I'm not a threat. Uh, you're more fatherly for me. Oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All that. Yeah, no. Crush. I'm like, no, he's like my mom's age. No, no, no Code no, 3 and I, you're good. Listen, you that old? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm old enough. But, hey, listen, I, I, I wanted to ask you a quick question, Seymour. I wanted to ask you a quick question in your bicycle. Do you have regular pedals, or do you have the pedals where your shoes fit in them? Your feet shoot in them. No. I have two bikes. So on my hybrid bike, it's the regular platform pedals that you use when you were children. Mm -hmm. And then on my road bike, which is what I'm going to ride tomorrow, it is uh, the one where you clip in. You connect the shoes, cl uh, click into the pedals. Right, yeah. See, I, I so you saw that. that scares me, though. Okay, yeah. Those bikes scare me. Because what happens if you kind of fall off of, you know, like have to make a quick move or put your feet down? Once your feet get stuck? Well, not really. If it's not, if they don't have them too tight, then okay. Your you, your foot will actually come out. And oh, like what okay. What they did for mine on my dominant foot, and I'm right-handed, so one side is not as tight as the other. Okay. So it'll it'll pop out, but you know, falling is a part of cycling. A lot of people do fall. I've fallen maybe like three or four times. It's a part of it. Okay. All right. Well, be careful. Be and careful. Have a good time. Thanks again for calling. Yeah. And send me applesauce. No problem. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a good one. Bye bye. Me too. Bye. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm Lewis Dix. I'm Danny Green. Yes, uh, program note, uh, next week's uh, In a Man's World will be on early. Yes. Er, just for next week. It's going to be 8.30 to 10. Oh, I meant to ask you. Pacific Standard Pacific Time. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. Um, I probably won't be here next week. That's great. Show will still go forward. Yeah, because i I got to go to Palm Springs. All right. Unless you want to have it on Wednesday. 
<laughs> yeah, right. We're going to change it for you. Uh, so don't forget, next week we're here at 8.30 uh, a.m. to uh, 11.30. No, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time next week because uh, boss lady, somebody else is coming in. That's, oh, that's so y'all good. changing it for them. Oh, you yeah. can't change it for your partner. No, they they are a high end client. Oh, okay. We're a low end client. Oh, I got you. I and got then you. I'm not even a client. I'm just kind of like you're just the nigga yeah. that you decided. To, oh, there he is. Hey, you, you got anything to do? Hey, yeah, listen. listen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you all for listening. Uh, stay safe, and we'll see you next week at 8:30 a.m. Pacific Standard. Time. God bless you all. I'm. I told you I say the last thing. I keep forgetting. I'm Louis Dix. Bye. <laughs>